Now that's from The Lion King. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Watch that uh, original one that was like made when I was a kid. It's probably much better than the new one that you guys are all watching. Uh, anyway, this is HLTV Confirmed. It's episode 20. We were talking about Mighty Ducks before, so I got Disney on the brain. Um, and I've, I'm going a little bit insane. I'm locked in this house. I get to leave tomorrow, but everything's looking cool. So before we get into the guests and what's going on here, we're quickly going to touch on what tonight's show is all about. Uh, this is episode 20. As I said, we're going to be looking at uh, some things going on with Liquid, Mouse Sports. They're struggling. We've got uh, all these new roster changes going off. Uh, going off. Olaf stepping down, backing uh, backing out of the, the phase roster for a period of time. Uh, we got all these bits and pieces to cover. But before we get stuck into that, we need to introduce uh, the panel. And tonight we have Striker. Striker, i got a question for you, mate. There you go. If... Now, I need you to use your imagination here. This okay. is a very integral part of, of That's this pretty tough, tough deal. If there was a grizzly bear and a great white shark and the water wasn't an issue, the great white shark could just fight, and they were in a cage and they were fighting to death, who would win? The great white shark or the grizzly bear? Is there a good? Is there the right answer to this no, or not? This is, I want you to explain to me okay. why you think which one will win. But remember, the the shark it can't just like float around. That'd be a little bit unfair. The thing but... is, like the shark, in ge- <laughs> the shark in general has like he doesn't have legs, so it, I just don't know how it would work. So I feel like the grizzly bear has to win, right? He doesn't have arms. He doesn't have legs. He's barely gonna be able to reach the grizzly bear properly and shit. So I feel scared. like the grizzly bear wins, right? Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. All right, prof. Uh, I didn't have enough time to think of a, a good question for you, but if you could only eat one food. One, it's like a dish for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh. There has to have to be like some some form of pasta. Okay. It's so not very nutritious, is it? That That's the issue, but it, it has to be a dish. So maybe you do like a chicken pesto pasta. Okay. You have like all the bases covered. All right. I got to get some vegetables in there. But uh, all right. You, you get the basil and Lucas, shit, so. I don't even know if the people at home can hear you. Can the people at home hear you? They can hear me now with my terrible okay, microphone. Well, 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 that was the question. People at home can hear you. All right, Lucas is here as well. So <laughs> we can get the show underway here. Uh, there's no guest this evening. We were going to get Ventedra on, but he has, uh, he's got DreamHack going on right now. We can't pull him away from that. So uh, thank you for joining us if you're here with us now. We're going to get stuck into the recent news. Play the bumper, Lucas. All right, we are back and we're getting into the recent news. Now, there's been a lot of news. We haven't actually done a show with just the three of us in a very, very long time. And we also haven't had Not a chance. Not this season, I think. Yeah, and we also haven't had a chance because of Road to Rio and Pro League and now DreamHack. The shows have been a little bit more all over the place. Um, so, yeah, this is the first kind of recap where we get to just do us and maybe we can talk through some of the things that we missed. Uh, just for those who are with us now in the chat, if you want to leave some questions, we'll maybe note them down. we got playtime at the end if there is time left over where we can discuss those. But let's get stuck into the first bit of news. Uh, this is Stewie takes over as the Liquid in-game leader. Now, Striker, I asked you, I said, how do we know this is confirmed? How do we know this is confirmed? There was just a clip from from Twist, some some one of Twist, Twist's recent streams where he said that, so should like, be correct, un- un- well. unless Stewie things have well. changed. Sorry? Stewie as well, like on his stream, he like okay. he was asked about this clip, so then he expanded a bit. So he said he was he was in-game leading and then Nitro wasn't feeling good individually. It's just like the, like the classic reason why you like you didn't even have to hear it if i asked you chad like why do you think it happened you would just give me the same explanation so uh, whatever you think happened that that was the that was their 
take so, on it. Yeah, so look, I had uh, obviously the privilege of uh, in uh, London to listen to the voice comms of the teams and Liquid are a team who communicate in English. So I had the, the privilege right there to listen to their communication and, and that kind of stuff while they were playing their matches. And uh, look, it wasn't like Nitro was calling a lot then anyway, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, I, I don't recall him being like a, a very predominant force within the team. I, there was a lot of a lot of calling that I heard that was either like just people doing mid-round shit or if people were doing a default, they were just talking about how they were going to control a certain part of the map. Didn't really feel like there was a lot of like in-game leading going on. Now, to be fair, I haven't played professionally since 2016, so I'm not quite sure exactly how it's meant to sound, um, but it, it didn't sound the way that I thought a team who were going to be winning uh, to be, be fair down. just to just to go slightly off topic here like i was listening to like some voice comms that that astralis released like they they released like two or three episodes in the past couple of weeks i think and honestly like i thought the same with glaive like he yeah. barely called anything at least in those obviously it could have just been individual rounds where he just didn't call so much and it was just like i don't know the, the way that they picked it out um but from from what i saw there even though it was on the T side, I didn't hear him call like massive amounts. As he just like, and after some mid rounding, um, he ended up calling like, "Where are they going to go?" And that's basically it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like go out there on a, a bit of a, um, a limb here. Now we actually have Devil Walk in chat, so maybe he can type something in there to confirm for for everybody at home. But uh, I know there was periods in my career when I was playing where I wanted to get someone else's perspective, or I wanted to kind of like take a, a, a backseat from calling for like a couple of nights or whatever, so I could kind of just see how other people would approach the game and get some ideas, or allow me to focus on my crosshair a bit more. All of those things, like I can definitely see the logic there, um, and also with all these online games and playing so much counter-strike having somebody else who would be your second in charge calling some rounds or having your coach do it or whatever with the online realms it might make you a bit harder to read and a little bit more um unpredictable but in in terms of this change right now coming out of the liquid camp it's probably one that that might last for a little while right we're in the realms of online here it's one that i don't know if they would go back to to changing things around anytime soon but do we think that for Liquid, this is because this is a question overall. I had the same thought with Astralis. Liquid have a, a little bit harsher in their region than than uh, Astralis do, but for them, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the finals in their own region, it, it's not going to hit the same, right? Like they're playing against teams who who they would consider themselves better than usually, right, Prof? Yeah, I, what you're trying to say there is like their Liquid are expected to win and not just finish like second or well, no. I'm trying to point? say that I'm trying to say that like we've heard from like teams like Navi is a good example. Like Blade said that a lot in the interviews we got to do with him on the broadcast about like well we're not in the same room so you know it's hard to fire everybody up. Like, that was the sentiment, right? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I'm, sh I'm I'm sure for Liquid like being the bridesmaid in 2018 to Astralis for the whole time and now going to and being in this period of time where you're only playing local cs uh obviously you know the there's another game out now that's an fps game that we we know players are sinking some time into as well maybe the focus just isn't there 100 percent. so by having stewie call it it makes them like maybe less jaded at the the way that i don't know i i i think that the team is is i think eg and liquid are fucked to be completely honest with you i don't think that they either of those teams with their current rosters can return to being uh, a consistent top three team in the world like top five probably, but but top three, I don't know. Do, do you do you guys think that they're a, a contender anymore? I think it's pretty pretty reasonable to say that they need like a roster change to 
the the problem with the rankings now is they're saying like top five when Liquid aren't really playing any of the top That's four, true. five, six European European teams. It's kind of kind of fucked to say anything about it because they can't really can't really do that test. And then whatever ranking they gain is just going to be based on teams that are in their region. But at the moment, they aren't even winning against those teams. Like Furia now looks like with the results they had in the last like month. Maybe minus the grand final, they lost to Gen G. Like if that went their way, they looked like the team that could in two weeks become the highest ranked North American team, like without any issues. So back to the point, I kind of agree with what you're saying that it's not it's not that exciting to play online CS. So I understand that for, for Liquid, is especially considering the last year. But it's it's like where you expect them to be and where they are is like such a huge difference that I don't think that is enough of an explanation for for Liquid's game uh, recently. And then talking, even saying uh, like Stewie taking on the in-game leadership in that in that stream clip, he said said something along the lines of uh, we're playing so many matches, it's like a hectic schedule, so you don't really have enough time to really change anything. And, and then I actually went and looked at their matches and they played like, I don't know the number, it's like 16 best of threes in two months. And that is not even including like a break of a, almost a month that they had after I am Katowice. So it's, that is not a hectic 16 schedule. best of threes in a month? In two or, months. In two months. So they had like one game every I could, I could do the maths, but that games. seems like fuck all. That, that is not a lot. So, so I feel like, I under, like from yeah, a player like perspective. best of threes in a tournament. Well, maybe yeah. not 16, but yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. It's, it's not a lot. So I, I feel like they are maybe just in, a, in the wrong headspace where they feel like, ah, oh, I have a match today and then a match in two days. But but objectively, it is not an excuse to have at this point. Like there is enough time in the day. And compare that to like all of these grinding teams that maybe not now, but that, that played open qualifiers Monday, Tuesday. Then they had MDL games. Then they had like, I don't know, uh, home, home, story home suite, home, yeah, and shit like that. And then the loot bed cup and they played like 160 best like maps in like two months or three months. So, so it's, it's just, I feel, feel like a very poor excuse for their form right now. Dude, I wonder about this just because obviously like, I think everybody thought that roster changes were prob probably not going to happen as much during this time as they would otherwise. Like we, we said like a few, maybe a couple months ago or something when this started that we expect lineups to, to kind of stay on for much longer than, than they should just yeah. because people probably like, because of motivational issues and because things are online and people don't really see that as, as the most important, even, even these days when it's the only thing going on. That it's probably gonna it's probably gonna cause teams to just prolong their their lifespan, but now that I'm thinking about it, actually, I feel like just because a lot of these players have nothing else to do than play CS, they're probably like some of these players I imagine are probably fired up to play and then just like to try to keep improving. And if you see some of your teammates not doing that, you know, I don't know, hanging out with their girlfriends all the time and shit, like not practicing properly, showing up late to practice just because it's online, whatever, something like that. Like you're probably gonna get pissed. Like it doesn't yeah. really matter if it's online, if it's line. Like if you are taking things seriously and one of your teammates isn't, you're probably like it's gonna lead to changes eventually. It's gonna become very difficult for these coaches and the systems that a lot of these orgs have put in place with the managers to to keep these kids accountable, right? Because look, I used to have it in my team 
going back into to the Renegades days, like Havoc would go in the middle of scrims, in the middle of scrims, he would open fucking the Steam friends thing and he'd be chatting to people or he'd be fucking bringing up a web page there and searching shit. Like that happened back then. I can guarantee you that shit still probably happens now, especially with people at home and there's no way to monitor them, right? The focus is not going to be the same and bang on to your point as well. I think levels of resentment that can build up in teams like that, if you're putting in a lot of work and your teammates are using this time as a little bit more like a holiday because it's not as a serious travel schedule, they can actually stay, take a bit more time to spend with their significant others or, or start to build a life that they wouldn't normally be able to like i can sympathize with the the chance to do that right and i can also sympathize with the guys who are hungry to kind of take that top spot or continue to practice either way it's a shit situation for everybody right now i, I but I, I get where you're going with that this is a good time as well for teams to go well why the fuck not try a roster change you know like we don't we have online games we have a lot of teething uh, room to, to work in with that sure we're going to lose 20% of the RMR points or this that and the other but well, at this point everyone is going to lose at least 20% exactly. like there's exactly. not a single team that's not going to lose the 20% I feel like so with that in play it's like why not take these risks if things aren't working you know let's let's uh, let's take some risks now speaking of risks uh, do we think that Stewie is the right guy in the team to call, considering all the other names there? It, it feels like the only other individual who who I think could could do it and still uh, not have their game drop off significantly. Like I wouldn't want Twist to do it. I wouldn't want Alish to do it. I I don't want Naf to do it. Kind of has to be Stewie, right? Yep. Yeah. Why don't the Dren do it while they're online? Like that's for, what I do. For some reason, I could imagine Naf wanting to do it though. Oh uh, no. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. What what makes me think that? I just feel like he's the kind of guy who would just like kind of step. Like if it wasn't Stewie, if there wasn't Stewie available, I feel like he'd be the next guy to step Nav, up and try to no, do. It. Known for his tactic, I said, <laughs> "Fuck it, I'm gonna take the up and beat yeah. Astralis on Inferno like overtime, best of but, one or whatever." Like honest, I, I agree. Like that is that is like a good quality to have as an in-game leader. But then you need like all of the baseline of like doing the preparation, doing doing the basic stuff every round. And I don't <laughs> think he he'd have that. But, but look, look, we just saw a crazier thing happen in the past. Yeah, I don't want him to do it, but I just feel like he could be. I feel like his just personality kind of matches up to that, where he would step up and and take over if it was necessary but still yeah i think still he makes the most sense also from an experience side um like he called for cloud nine away a while yeah. back so it just yeah. makes a lot of sense from that point of view but seriously the question about adren why doesn't he just call their online matches then all of them can just focus on getting their individual form up right like it's not like they need to have a in-game leader right now they don't need to have one we're all that, aware of that that is true that is so true why doesn't adren even... just call even talking about like Astralis, there was a case in the past, I don't know when, maybe 2018 or something, that Glaive did say that in at some point they had Zonic call of all of their like practice matches for like maybe a month or something, just for him to get like his individual level up and to get like a fresh perspective and stuff like that. So, I mean, Threat is doing it in IFP. I It wasn't confirmed, but hearing the hearing the comms of some of their like rounds that they released, he's literally not, not calling the shots he's calling like information for players time, yeah. so uh it would make sense but then again may maybe adren doesn't feel like he not that he doesn't feel like maybe he's just not in the in the position in the team to that you command that kind of respect for everyone to listen to it so. 
Yeah, that that would be a whole different situation, wouldn't it? Now, Lucas, I sent you a tweet. Uh, if you could pull yeah. that up for us here. <laughs> now, this tweet. Thank you, Belizean Ghibli. This tweet was 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 funny. Uh, people people really got in, involved in this tweet. It, it really kicked off. Um, but this this was something that legitimately Henry and I, while we were stuck in this house for two months, spoke about, right? Because Liquid and EG they weren't impressing. They were kind of just felt like they were coasting, right? So we were talking about building like the best team out of those two. Now other people on social media suggest, oh, why not this guy or get this guy or, you know, the whole idea is just grabbing the best two North American teams who are these two teams. Like, let's let's be real, right? These are the best two, EG and, and Liquid and merging them together to have the a team that could actually compete on a, on a global scale. Um, now, the Elige in-game leader thing is where, uh, Striker, I know you take take a bit of exception there. Do you want to tell people people why you think... Actually, first of all, if we didn't have the roles there, fuck the roles. If you had to merge these two teams together, Striker, who were the five okay. players you'd... And you can't have Cirque because he goes back to Europe. You can have everybody <laughs> else who's... Fuck? Everybody else who's North American can stay. Literally, the one change back. that is, is going to happen, by the way, probably. There you go. Where but Cirque goes to Liquid because Nitro is just going to get pushed out eventually. Well, see, that's a th that 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 could happen. But Cooper's it's, not a bad dude, pickup. Everybody sees that coming right now. Maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be Cirque, but like everybody sees Nitro out of that team within the next couple of months, surely. If I, w if I was Liquid, I would probably pick up Cooper as a sixth anyway because he was orping and in-game leading for a period of time there for that United sure. roster who then became Swole Patrol again, I think, right? So like, and he seemed like a pretty serviceable player, right? Didn't but, didn't Freakazoid in-game lead the entire time or was I, Cooper also? I, I think he took over. I thought I thought Cooper was in-game leading a little bit. Maybe, I'm I'm, not sure. maybe I misheard. Maybe I, maybe I got some yeah, wrong not, information. I don't know. I'm not that knowledgeable about that team. I just remember Freakazoid was doing it at some point. But in any case, to your question, fuck, this is hard, man. Just because the game leader is just going to be a problem. Like, no matter how you look at it, yeah. unless you want to put Stan in there, nope. which I'm just not a big fan of, I just don't see it. I just don't see a combination where you can get away from, like, putting an IGL on, onto somebody. As I, so, as I said before, I think Ethan could pull it off. Like, I legit maybe. think he could be an in-game leader. In, in, at least in this kind of a situation where you need someone. It's not like you have an in-game leader. It's like you have to mold Teach someone him. in i think yeah, he has that's the why highest I, chances so so let me let me preface this a little bit more so th this whole thing here is is not assuming we throw this team together and then tomorrow they're good right this is getting a coach and i picked a strong coach like kasad because one of the problems i think both of these teams have is obviously the zeus one is new for eg but previously i think some of the issues they had was they didn't have like a hype man and kasad is definitely a very passionate guy and he's going to get you fired up whether you fucking like it or not and if you bullshit Kassad, I know he's not going to fucking take any nonsense. So a team of like, of uh, I I can't think of a better word right now. I'm going to use use divas. I don't actually think they're divas. I just can't think of a better word right now. But a team of, of players who maybe uh, need to be told occasionally what they're doing as, a, as opposed to asked. Yeah, personalities. That's a good one for it, Lucas. I think Kassad, he wouldn't take shit, right? He's not going to listen to somebody going, oh, I don't want to play right now. Or, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend or this bullshit. He'll tell them to shut the fuck up and what they're doing, right? And the, then problem, you look, the problem that yeah. I see with that is I don't think Liquid is in that sort of culture in the first place, though, where we need the coach is going to have a lot. That's the that's that's what I was going to get at, get at. Like, that's one thing that I think does need to change in any teams in general, where, like, there's more respect towards coaches. And obviously, like, you saw that with, like, the EG Amapet situations where, situation where he probably thought he had, like, a little bit more power and, and potentially could have stayed on that roster and made other changes. But obviously, mm -hmm. that didn't happen and the power was with the players. So like that sort of thing in NA especially is is somewhere where they could probably make a change. I, mean, I don't that, think 
up. That's a, that's a whole discussion to be had, like about the players and everything with the NIP situation. But that maybe we can leave that for yeah. Uh, yeah for a later sure. Part. I'm just I'm just saying that's like with that. Sure, like he is not going to take the shit. But the problem is like he's probably not going to be able to do anything about it anyway. Sure. Yeah, they need to be given some form of power. All right. Well, we're already somehow 22 minutes into the show here, so let's keep it moving along. We're going to move on to the DreamHack Masters uh, situation with Mouseport. Now, if you guys didn't catch it, they also lost uh, today. It was 2-0, right? It was yeah, big time. they were it was banged out by the Danish super master race of Mad Lions. Now, in terms of Mouse Sports' freefall at this point, uh, it's getting it's getting pretty bad, right, Prof? They've they've definitely dipped a lot. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost in the Road to Rio thing. They finished whatever, like, not in the playoffs, not even close. So that was bad. And then this... I don't think anyone expected to be completely destroyed in a team with big, in a group with big complexity and Mad Lions. Out of these teams, like Mad Lions is the closest to top 10. I think they, I think they reached top 10 at one point and then they didn't play anything for like a month because of they just weren't in anything. Yeah. But you, we could say they are like a top 10 fringe team and the other two are not even in the top 20, I think, or just like on the, on the edge. Big is now top 30, literally number 30 in the world. They did not, they won one map. That is like, what the fuck is going on? So this is great for and me. And then, by the way, in the Rio as well, they, they lost most, most of the matches that they lost was also 0-2. So in 2020, they played 76 maps. They've won 41 and they've lost 35. Um, I, I could filter that and have a look at like... Well, it's against... much worse lately. Like the last yeah, two tournaments is much, much the year worse. With the, with the land, the ice challenge, and then they went to Katowice, which was also kind of okay, I think. And then... Well, the last month is seven wins and 17 losses. 24 yep. maps played. Yep, and yep, if yep. you look at their players, Rops, Frozen, and Woxic all have positive ratings. Yeah, Chris J is the big, big problem at this point just because he's the biggest difference, right? Just because he was pretty good before. And, I hate And suddenly he's just... The, what? I hate the thing they're doing with the fucking Deagle buys and like him only having armor or buying. Like I understand. I don't know if you guys have watched a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I know what you're saying. They fucking did it in overtime. Yeah, and like I, that, I I think a player who's an X Factor player like Chris J, he needs to be able to like take a risk in a scenario, right? But you, if you I mean, he is taking a risk, but not time. like a positive. It's like a passive risk, if that makes sense. Like he's yeah. risking. For the other team the other players to capitalize somehow because like he could have had a gun in that round but they want to ensure that Robs has a gun in the next round so that's why he's going on doing a sanji right? isn't it it's just fucking he, he's beating San weapons Krizy is sanjiing in mouse sports right now we, and no one needs a sanji not even sanji needs to be i saw a round of counter-strike sanji my friend you, don't let this happen to you ever again he died at the end of a round after the t after the round ended he only had $300 going into the last round of the game um and he only had a glock and i think he bought a he or a smoke or some shit and he died to a grenade like a grenade just, <laughs> that's how he that's how he finished the game so like just trying to save guns to give to his teammates and he didn't have I, and i just so i just i how can anybody play the game like this like but I mean, I, but that's the thing. Like, not sound. even we we can talk about like Sticko's role back in Mouse Sports. He was the guy that not to the Sanji extreme, but he was also Sanjiing for Oscar for his op. He was playing MP9s True. and Mag Sevens and stuff. I love how but, this is a term now, Sanjiing. Yeah, it is a term. <laughs> it is a term. He, he was Sanjiing, like seventy percent Sanjiing, <laughs> and then. The, 
it goes bad for the player because you're not going into situations like into fights with like equal chances because the other guy has an AK and you have a fucking MP9 and then you start losing duels then you lose confidence then then all of these things start to ro roll into like one bunch which means like a 0 0.8 rating on HLTV and then everything's red and then people are calling you shit and that's just like a negative trend that that's why I think it, it doesn't really work because P CS is still a lot of the mental part is super important and you shouldn't put players into these super beta positions for the team because then what happens is you essentially you are forced to kick them because they are bad at that point it's not yeah. like they they are just like supporting they literally then the rounds where they have the ak and the other guy has an mp9 they still lose so that's a fucked up thing and i i don't think it's there was a, the interview we did with Kuben about Versus Pro. He had one quote about how they always changed roles. And I think that was like a pretty cool thing in that like if someone was playing like IGL for like a, a year or something, his stats went down. They did like, okay, Taz is not going to in-game lead anymore. It's going to Neo. Then they swift, switched the ops as well. And then always you'd have like you switch some roles. And then you, you have these like positive periods where you get some confidence or shit back and then you swap, swap it back around. So I think that was a, that's a cool thing uh, to do overall. Yeah, that's just making players more versatile and having to learn more, right? As, as opposed to just being like specialists or feeder players as we were talking about with the, with the Sanji. Now, Lucas, I linked you a tweet. Can you bring this up for everybody at home? I'll read it out for our audio listeners. This is from Regin after their loss today. Uh, he says, there is no excuse to justify the results in the last two tournaments. People can criticize the players all they want. The matter of fact is that it's my responsibility to make sure we perform. I've not lived up to this. Sorry to all the fans. Your support is everything. Now, unfortunately for all of these teams, the Counter-Strike world hasn't stopped because of COVID. We've kept going. So the change of like from land to online, we all know that's a big deal. Like we're not going to try and pull the, the, the wool over your eyes to pretend it's not. We all know that there are obviously obviously big di differences there. Um, not only in terms of hyping up the teammates, how hands-on you can be, how much you can focus on making sure they're all practicing. We're not in a boot camp environment. You don't even know if the motherfuckers are focusing while you're watching demos. So there's a lot of factors that are going on there. And I feel for the coaches and managers, unless if your players aren't um, as hungry as they need to be and you don't have any good ways to incentivize them or punish them, ooh, um, then it's going to be very difficult to get the most out of them, right? Now, I'm not saying that to, to let Regin off the hook. He's obviously saying here that this is something he's taking responsibility for. But when I mean, that's kind see... of There's some class to that as well, just because we don't really see that too often. Yeah. Well, but where where do you see the problem with this team striker? Like, if you had to, with, with the way that they're approaching the game, or with their results, with the with the stat lines, other than the Chris J element, do, do you think that there are uh, glaring issues here? The thing is, like, I don't even understand what happened between Pro League and Road to Rio. Like, it's just was such such just such a sudden drop that I just don't understand. The create nerf. There's that's not that that's the thing that that's not it. That's not it though. Like, I can see how it could make a bit of a change maybe it just like spiraled out of control and then just like i don't know players lost confidence or don't know how to take fights anymore because they don't have the krieg i don't think that's what it is just because mouse were never a team that used them like to an extreme extent or anything they weren't the most reliable on that gun so i don't feel like unless you look at kerrigan or somebody like that who just used them for such a long time um used the krieg at least he was like one of the first to pick it up like apart from him, I don't think anybody was necessarily mega reliable on the weapon or the reliance on the weapon. So I just don't see that as like the 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 ultimate answer. So I just don't understand. I honestly don't because I don't think they've been playing 
particularly differently compared to how they have, apart from like certain individual decisions, they just seem different. But I think that's just from the game going online and, you know, you're going you're to take different fights and stuff like that. It's just like something that's going to happen eventually. But so, like, I didn't see yeah. any like big changes, like whole whole scale team changes that, they, that they've they done. Yeah, but some of the losses, like, well, up until recently, it felt like a lot of the losses were, were closer games, like ones that maybe if they didn't lose this round. or But then like today, for example, I was watching, uh, I think it was today, it could have been yesterday. Literally, I wake up every day and make the clowns here breakfast and then they're casting and then I can hear it through my bedroom wall and then it's on the TV upstairs and you just can't escape it but it's not even about escaping it like I was watching today with the the mouse sports game and I was on nuke and I think frozen was in like a 1v4 on the T side I think and it was versus an eco I, I, all the days of I think that was yesterday I'm pretty sure could have been yesterday. yesterday but it's like those kind of situations they're ones that Mao's are able to bow themselves out of. Like, their individuals can win those rounds. Like, Rops will win a big clutch, Frozen will win a big clutch, Woxie will go, still go huge and get, like, a nice multi-kill. But that's maybe where that's maybe where the issue is. Like, if they're only winning those rounds as individuals and they're not winning as a, as a team or whatever, maybe that's where it's falling apart. Because I remember interviewing Carrigan at the start of either Pro League or Road to Rio. I forget which one. And I asked about, like, the transition or one of the guys on the panel did. And he was like, yeah, look, we'll just be doing mainly our smoke gimmicky stuff. We won't be bringing out too many new strategies and stuff. But Regin, I've heard from him recently saying that, that Carrigan's been putting in a lot of work on coming up with new strategies and tactics or whatever. And it's going to be hard to do all that with all the officials. Then you're doubting yourself. You're doubting your performance. You got Christian who's down on his personal performances as well. It's like, it just feels like they're in a negative spiral right now. And unfortunately they can't well, i guess they get a chance now because they're knocked out of dreamhack right but maybe some time away will be good because this has been very intense right and mouse was the end playing, of last year uh, blast showdown like next ah, week, so. fuck. okay well cancel that aren't Throw they that also idea. in the fucking wait let me give me one second they're all in, in that the game with the, yeah oh yeah oh, they are yeah, in the yeah. fucking gamers gamers without borders so they're that, literally playing like two, two tournaments three days but that's when uh Blast is also starting at the time, or like just after that. So that's, I feel that so they're only going to have like four, four to five days off or something, four days. Yeah. So the charity thing could be good for them because obviously it's a, a charity thing. So maybe they'll just you know be a bit more loosey goosey or just do whatever the fuck, have a bit more fun with it. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I I think that it's maybe just we've all been there. Like as human beings, we've all been there. We wake up and you're in a negative mindset, and then your whole day fucking sucks, and then you wake up the next day and it sucks. Like people can get into those mindsets and with these guys having these losses and knowing that they can't go to land where they do better and they they can't be in those kind of environments it's just going to feel shitty uh, prof do you have anything like stands out to you as a, as a reason that they're not performing yeah i think i think it's just like a couple of these things added together they the way they play is kind of a lot of these individual skill they want to flex that especially on the t side find duels and stuff like that and then when you have chris j Chris J's form going down, Kerrigan's as well. Then, I don't know, Frozen as a player sometimes is up and down as his role as well. And then everything just falls apart. But at the same time, like, I, I don't know. I really, like, in some of these games, it looked like they were, like, the complete underdog that just came in through an open qualifier into this, like, big event. And they, they look completely, it's like, as you said, they win, like, the off rounds. But overall, they look, like, out of depth, completely outclassed. So... I, I don't. I really don't know. I, I do think that the that DreamHack is really just mainly just loss of confidence, complete, um, which is just stemming from the from the tournament before from Road to Rio. Because there, I, I agree, they just looked completely like out of focus. They just like almost gave up early. Like didn't really have too many 
like ways to try to come back into the game didn't try to come up with something new stuff like that like you know something that you just you generally see with uh, teams that just don't have a lot of confidence don't really know how to uh, how to win games so i think that's what it was this time but i just don't know what i don't understand what happened in rio that even led to this point uh, i think a lot of their strats at least the quicker ones feel like all ins because it's about quickly using your utility to take territory and make the ct scatter and have to deal with you right or find a gap and, and punish especially train like train sticks out of my so much mouse and train that i've watched but the way that like there's not many teams at the moment who i can think of who do opening moves that are all ins like that 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 i could like oh, i'm trying to think across a lot of maps here that there's not too much stuff on the T side that feels like it's all ins early unless it's like a low buy or it's just a fast strat and you either win or lose. But Mouse Sports openings feel like all ins that then they fall back on their stars to once they make the space to go for clutches. But if Carrigan and Chris J are the two low performers and they're the ones who are making space in some of these strategies and they're not making any space, they're just dying, then that's not helping anybody, right? So I don't know. When it works, Carrigan looks like a genius because he's fucking popped on out there. He's through a smoke. You know, he's fucking in the back line. He's got three kills or some shit. When it doesn't work, it just looks shit. And unfortunately for Mouse Sports at the moment, they all know it. it. It looks shit. Hopefully they can turn it around. Hopefully they can't be a top whatever team it is for six months so I don't lose this bet. But uh, anyway, we're going to keep it moving. We're going to move on to uh, the first impressions because if you've been missing out, ladies and gentlemen, well, there's been a lot of fucking changes recently. Uh, that's back to Striker's point earlier. We thought that maybe in this time things might level on out. Uh, but no, things are chopping and changing. And once again, burnout uh, has been cited as another reason. So Yugi has joined Astralis as the seventh member. Glaive has uh, taken a break. I think he said like three months or some shit. But um, It was kind of un unspecific. Yeah, it was like, pretty the vague. Way the way think... it was worded, it was like, I will take care of myself and focus on recovery for the next three months. But he didn't say like if he was maybe going to play after two months, but still be focusing on the recovery. It's like okay. it's a classic vague statement that kind of says it's gonna, probably going to be three months. But if you get super shit, then maybe he comes back earlier, you know. Or as I, just, I just had such a fucking awful pot in mind when you said vague because it kind of sounds, sounds like Glaive's nickname, you know, being a little bit fumbled. So leave the bad puns to me. Yes, please. I'm not going to go there. So, so Yugi's played three series now with Astralis, right? I think it was he played three series yeah. with Dreamhack. Um, now, just to quickly do a bit of history on Yugi, he was playing in North at uh, the start of the year. He was replaced by MSL. Now, no offense to MSL by any means. But if you're meant to be a pros like a prospect as an AWPA, which Yugi was for a very long time, and you're getting replaced by MSL, then obviously they need an in-game leader. So you need to factor that in as well. But fuck me, bro. Like, holy shit. Like I mean, that that, that part, like, sure, the, we've we've gone on in Yugi for such a long time for this. But at the Yugi same fan. time, like, no, that was the move that Norris just needed to make, right? And if MSL is just set on AWPing, then it has to be instead of Yugi. There's nobody else that you can really look at and, and make that change. So this, I think it was kind of a special case where North just like, I don't know, um, what is, what's the saying? Hit two, two birds with the same stone. There you go. Oh yeah, two birds, one stone. Yep, that's that's the one. <laughs> Maybe two birds, one cup. I'm not sure. Oh, oh my God. That was also two, like two of the hands worth one in the bush. <laughs> that sounds so sexual. I don't know. <laughs> well, look, you can take it however you want. Uh, but let's just, Striker, in terms of the initial impression, what did you think of, because obviously there's a, it's more than just the Yugi situation, right? It's more than just him coming in. It's also Magus in-game leading, right? 
that's the thing. Like we've never we've never got that confirmed unless there was some interview that I missed yeah, like during the I think the there was an on-stream interview. I'm pretty sure. Like, did they confirm this? I don't. I yeah. didn't see it anywhere. So I'm just still. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, if that's the it. case, that's definitely yeah. That's definitely something to look out for because like I was trying to confirm this and it just wasn't possible. And Astralis, for some reason thought that it was not a good idea to for them to share it on their own so it's just yeah the whole situation was just so weird just because they didn't they never really said anything about that um in general like i mean obviously if you look at the stats yugi has not been doing particularly well like especially in the first match i saw him who, who was it against uh heroic. heroic there you go oh yeah they played the danes right after one one another they won that match but obviously well he didn't do particularly well he had a good map against north afterwards but yeah, from from what I saw against G two, even though I didn't see the match, I saw the stats, and he just didn't do well again. So well, it's like I mean, overall, his like average is like something zero point ninety one. Yeah, pretty far behind everybody else on the team. Like Zipex is the next lowest at one point yeah, ten. That's an important point right there as well, right? Um, it's like who's gonna step, like who's gonna take what roles? Because there's no way you can plug Yugi into Glaive's positions. Uh, that would be impossible, right? Someone else is going to have to take that responsibility. Uh, there's no way Yugi's taking Device's AWP away. That, that doesn't make oh. any sense either. There's no way Yugi's taking Entry Fragging away. Uh, there's no way Yugi's playing for Clutches. So I don't really know what Yugi's doing. Uh, well, he's I, kind of like... I feel like he they just swapped around a bunch of stuff just because on Vertigo, he's like on B, where I think Glaive was mainly on A. And on CT side anyway, um, on T side, I feel like it's just a little bit jumbled in, in general. I'm not sure because I don't remember exactly how, where Glaive played all the time. So it's hard for me to say. I'm just, I'm, I have a shit memory for these things for like where players play and stuff like that. Yeah, normally I keep it. No, but he, but he did take like double hopping fairly often, at least from what I saw in the Vertigo okay. game. But then um, I think otherwise not much. And now that I'm looking at like the weapons stuff, I, I don't, I just don't think he took the up uh, too think much Harry in any other Hugo, game. I think Harry and Hugo were telling me at one point, like device was, he, Yugi was low or some shit. So device dropped him the AWP in like a 2v yeah. whatever. I was like, okay, well, that, if that's all you boys remember, that's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> do we have the thumbs, Lucas? Did you give him the thumbs? He did not. I uh, can fuck find it. them it's for all you. Good. Um, prof, this, this Yugi thing, you, you think it's going to work? You think they're going to make a change? You think they're gonna stick with it for a while? I what mean, there's nothing to work. The... Like, what yeah. is the point? Like, what is anything at this point? Let's just stop and think okay. about the okay. the concept of existence on <laughs> on the planet Earth. But no, seriously, like, what is the point of it? They just want to play out the games they have. Why would they care how they finish in this DreamHack Masters then? event? Because I think it's free, just... and I guess they wanted to do like ah uh, refresh magic and then refresh his career or something like that. But it's like he probably is the best free agent that they could have gotten in terms of like uh, exposure to the top scene, experience, and stuff like that. And they know him fairly well. It's not like North getting this like Cristo guy who they still had to had to loan out, so they had to pay some money for him. And Yugi just came in free. So I feel yeah. like that's the thing. And then they what play out no whatever. What? No, get him in there. Get no ten back. No I, I don't even know what, yeah, get what's no up with that guy. Back. Get him in there. It's not it's not even the one D <laughs> anymore. He got rid of the one deagle yeah, part. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> uh, thing. Yeah. But I don't even know what happened to that guy. All right, we'll Are get you the still thumb. playing in the soft top of the NFC? Okay. Probably playing in Lucas's tournament right now. All right, you got the thumbs. All right, but, we're gonna go yeah? 
at the same like we just saw godsend get far league and i don't think he was an but expensive they, player but if it is let's let's just throw a number <laughs> let's say it's fifty thousand euros that's yeah. a lot of money for someone you who is essentially a stand-in and that is what yugi is for astralis he is that's, a glorified stand-in yeah that's fair enough i guess especially like i just think what i was talking about like two episodes ago before it kind of became official like that thing where i was talking about like they, them wanting to get essa tag ahead of time before yeah. like his his uh contract with with heroic ends and that didn't happen so they just had to step in and and figure out somebody at the at the last minute yeah and yugi was available so i think that's what happened and so yeah i can see how they just wouldn't want to spend any sort of money on or or just like look for anybody actually good and just use whoever is available so i can see that logic for sure all right so we got the thumbs let's just settle we'll settle this one here uh you gain astralis first impressions you're happy with it or you're not happy with it all right yeah well, i just don't think it makes sense all right well uh maybe they can work on getting uh Christo from north because that's where we're heading next <laughs> north for those people who aren't aware uh kirby has taken a break he is cited uh, I don't want to say burnout. I think I used no, that term last time. This is time, legit. This is legit this health, is health issues. Yep. So, talk us through it. Do you know? Do we know what it is? Yeah, is I think he cited having... like chest pains and like some stuff like that. So it's he. It's yeah, not it's been like going on for a I'm while. sick of playing this game. I literally have been like not feeling well. So that is completely green light to take a break on on that terms. Speaking so, of stats of this guy, like that's fucking that's pretty awful. But then again, like North have been losing like really hard. So yeah, but I was talking when I think I mentioned this the last show. Uh, Messioso said when we had him on for a bit of an interview, kind of what his role was, and one of the things that they were focusing on, or one of the focuses of North was kind of looking at the the next generation of players. Um, obviously, we know they had North Academy previously, and now that Valve have decided to make the rules as murky as mud again for everybody, uh, there's obviously a chance for that to be an, a direction for teams to go, or having bigger rosters on the same same team. Um, but uh, this guy, look, officially, as per HRTV.org, had one other team, uh, AGF. He was there from August 2018 until April 2020. So uh, that's whatever that is right there, I suppose. I don't think we're expecting a lot out of this kid, are we? They're kind of just scouting young talent and seeing if he can if he can flourish or anything. We wouldn't I don't expect think, this guy. I don't yeah. think he was really on, on anybody's radar as like a big up, upcoming star or anything. I, I took a look at the... Because he is playing, as you said, he is playing in the Dust2DK Danish League. Uh, not sure what it's called, but whatever. And he was like the second best... Uh, KD player in the league. So, but but that is a league where the best teams are like the uh, Soderberg, <laughs> like, Bigma, not even Copenhagen, teams in Denmark. So, on that level, he was standing out recently. So they picked him up. Also, just saying, as you said, Schreger, like North have been losing. This guy has a rating of 0 0.67 in the in the dreamhack thing but at the same like but the second best second worst is cajun b 0 0.88 so that is kind of similar to what yugi is to uh yugi's rating to like zipnix's rating yeah. so it's it's not that big of a deal like that big of a difference when you think about the problem about is just it. like he's not gonna step into kirby's shoes like that's the problem like you if you want to replace kirby you better have a star and obviously that's not who this guy is so it's like it's obvious that north are gonna lose without kirby uh, who was probably their most important player i would say maybe with az well i think that 
like AZ's definitely stepped up in a big uh, well it, I okay first of all I don't know because I haven't watched all the games but in some of the games I watched with this new kid AZ it looked like he was he was doing a lot more fragging now I'm just checking the stats right here everybody on their team is negative uh <laughs> So, obviously, that's not the case as, as per the numbers. But that could be in a blowout loss. I'd have to take a little bit of a deeper look. But all in all, so yeah, they had 16-4 and 16-9 losses, 16-4, 16-8 losses. The, so they, the, those maps there are going to fucking tank anybody's stats, right? Uh, but I remember AZ having some a little bit more impact, and I was hoping that other players would step up and fill those shoes. But I guess you're right. Like The only other player with that potential that we maybe haven't seen yet would be Gade. Right, Cajun. We know that he's very serviceable. We know that MSL is serviceable and AWP, but they're not going to take over games, right? They're not going to be the star like you're saying with Kirby. So, is this another one that you think is uh, just a short period of time, Prof? You think this is just uh, they'll keep him around for a little while, or they'll try someone new, or they'll just wait till Kirby gets better? What do you reckon? I mean, I'll, I'll still give the kid like another event, like maybe some small, smaller event online stuff to see if maybe he has a potential to do something a bit more, because. Look, he's playing his first game of it or second official game with a with a super big Danish team against a, like Astralis or something like that. You can't really expect them to to perform to a G2. high level. Like he played and they beat G two, and he wasn't even the worst fragger. So that's pretty good, right? Yeah. I, I don't I don't know like I, I guess online results right now are all I, over. I the just place, want to so say like to I'm not writing this guy off as like like a like a Notan one league. Okay. Let's say that. So he's got a, a bit more hope behind. All right, let's I do mean, the thumbs. At least for a month. Let's do the thumbs. How do we feel about Christo and North? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to just like for the situation. Yeah. There's just All right. Uh, even though I think North maybe could have gone to something better. Uh, that like long term this could be a big issue. I don't know how long Kirby is going to be out, but if you think about this guy playing their major qualifier things, then that is that is worrying. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it doesn't become the next. You, you guys had to put some green in that whole picture where he yeah. was like literally all the red stats. Uh, it's starting to look a bit like my stats page. Anyway, uh, TRK joining MIBR. Let's just do the thumbs straight away, boys. I'm gonna hold up. Let me let me uh, hide. Let me. There we go. All right. Uh, before we even have the discussion. Your initial impressions of TRK in MIBR? Uh, I feel like it's a, like one of these roster moves. Like I don't even know what what's the point of this guy or why is he brought in here? Yeah. What is he supposed to do? It's like a Misuta in Vitality. It's just like filling up a spot on the roster, and that's it. Like it even does, if you look at his his stats for the last like six months, he played like MDL and stuff like that, and his rating was one point ten. It's like. There's nothing special about this guy, and at the same time, it's like just the classic MIBR change. What what can you what can you say about it anymore? I striker, do you have much to say about this? Personally, I I don't really care too much for talking about where MIBR is at the moment. Not particularly. I, I yeah, I agree with uh, with Prof in that like it's just another MIBR change that I don't I just don't see how it's going to go anywhere else as um, compared to what we've seen so far with like their previous changes. So far, obviously, like it's hard to say with when they've had probably like a couple of weeks with him. And the same applies for like probably Yugi as well, who hasn't been with the team for a long time, or Chris too, who's uh who's probably been slotted in really last minute. Um well kind of last minute after they played with uh with the coach, right? With Jumpy. So 
Um, it's like one of those things where you're going to have to wait until they actually get some play time with the guys to see if he's actually, if these positions that, that he's in is, are actually going to be fine, if they're going to switch things around. It's always hard to say whether yeah. they have shit stats or at the beginning or not. It doesn't really have to mean anything at this point. So I just give it a couple of weeks before we, we look into it a little bit better. Yeah, I'll just, I say, say, yeah. I'll just say that there is a guy in the in the comments of the show saying, calling us out because we said that we weren't going to talk about the MIBR roster change any roster changes anymore, True. and uh, so we we lied and we did it again. And... I don't know about roster ah. change. I think we just said we wouldn't talk about MIBR. Yeah, I'm not going to that, that's, in general. <laughs> roster changes fall under MIBR. Well, of course, MIBR roster just, changes. That's a bit of a special thing, right? At least that doesn't happen in like all the time. Then, like, I just I got surprised by the fact that Marin was there for half a year. Yeah, it was like super that's long. That's such actually. a long time, dude. I I would not have said that if I didn't Wait, know. We did. Uh, Let me. I, you keep talking. I'm looking for this tweet. I want to bring out the stat thing that we did, uh, the graph with, with the rankings uh, a couple of days ago. And it's actually, it's mind blowing how good they actually were with with like Terrakins too. Like their average. Compared to this, right? Compared to where they are now. It's like everyone was like, oh, this is so shit. They can't do anything. But now they wish they still had, they, they wish they st stood in like kept uh, the international roster and stuff like that. They were literally like number six average ranking for, I don't know how long the roster lasted for like six months or so. That was, that was pretty good. And then- Lucas, can you bring up that tweet that Prof just linked to you? Well, to the group and bring that up for us. This is kind of exactly what I was looking for here. So just so you can give context uh, for the audio viewer, this is a tweet that hltv.org put out uh, what, a couple days ago. And it was basically, yeah, whack the image up. It was basically showing the decline in ranking for MIBR uh, with all the changes. So I was actually one that someone did. It was a text-based tweet, and it had like all the change, like coach, player, like, and showing how soon it was between all. This does the same thing, obviously, with the with the graph that's up. There. But it's just insane to think they've gone through so many changes in such a short period of time and had what zero success. Would we go with zero? zero or less? What, what have they done? Have they won I'm anything? To, the thing is like. It might be just one of those teams, like the same as we, the same approach that we had to North for a long time, um, because they just nothing changed, right? Like no matter what they did, nothing really changed. Actually, they had the second place in Flashpoint, but I don't think that counts as success, especially considering the way they fucking lost the final to Mad Lions, where they were fuck, where they were supposed to win. Let me say that. So that was like the closest they've gotten to success with Mayern anyway, and probably like for a while before that too. And obviously outside of Mad Lions, that entire tournament wasn't particularly competitive, right? So that's, yeah, if that if that's the closest you have to a to success, then you've probably not done particularly well. All right, well, let's keep it moving. Let's go into uh, the confirmed moves here, because like we said, we won't dwell on MIBR for too long. Uh, we're going to take a look right here at the Hampus replaces Lec on NIP as the as the first one. Now that actually caught the community as a bit of surprise, I would say. I don't think too many people were expecting anybody to go because NIP have been on the up and up ever since they've added in Nork and Threat is uh, back coaching, etc., etc. So, Prof, you were just rubbing your hands together. Why? Look, as <laughs> someone that has been uh, bigging up campus for like a year and a half maybe now, like back from like season three of the show, been excited about the guy. I'm glad that the move happened because even just when when Gamer Legion disbanded their team, 
originally I thought everyone was released, but it wasn't the case. They had Campus, uh, Scream, and maybe one other player that were contracted still. So what essentially happened was Gamer Legion and Campus, like the, the contract ran out and Nip was smart enough to like jump in instantaneously, grab the player, sign him and add him to the roster. Of course, a lot of drama popped up, but I think like, I think this is a great move. Like they got the talent early. It's a role that they need on their team because Lecro, as we all know, has been like a makeshift in-game leader and apparently hasn't been really doing the greatest job. And then when you think about the latest results, it's probably not like we're calling it is threat like from from what we know so we can't really base our judgment on do they need a roster change or not based on the results of a in-game leader that that shouldn't that will not be in-game leading maybe even after the summer when we have our first lands so they're thinking long term they did a move that makes sense in terms of their their roles and what it's it's good shit, right well look i i'm i like it um i didn't mind the team before with Lecro, I thought they were in a, in a very good direction there, but if Lecro isn't able to handle the load, or if Threat thinks that Hampus will do a better job, I prefer the team like this. NIP is one of the first teams at this level that is going to be the blueprint going forward. Now, Zonic has come on in and he got given the reins, but that team already existed. They already have a lot of their own history and shit together. These boys, they have a bit of history together. Some of them have played together, a lot, a lot of the young boys. But Threat is well and truly seeming like he's in charge of this team. And that's the direction that I want to see Counter-Strike go. And I want to see strong, respected coaches who have a good understanding of the game with a good pedigree. And obviously, they need to have good personal skills and all that kind of shit to get with the team. But the ones who are who can make these harsh calls. Because unfortunately, teams who are still in charge of their own destiny are the ones who are talk actually are the ones that we don't want to talk about because they're not making the right moves. Because their problem is here. This is their problem, and they can't see past it. They don't know how to fix it. And because of that, there's no external factor which can tell them yes or no or maybe. And they can't reflect on it because it's game after event, after tournament, after practice, after this, after that. And you don't get a chance to sit back and think. With a coach there, the coach isn't spending the day practicing. He's doing other bits and pieces. He can actually look at this from a very analytical point of view. And they go, yeah, this is good or a bad call, or we need this, or we don't need that. That kind of stuff is, is is not what an in-game leader or a player in the team should be doing anymore. You're a player in the team. The coach knows the system. The coach knows the way it wants to go. We're still going to have strong in-game leaders, probably like in traditional sports, how you have strong captains on the field and that kind of shit. But that kind of relationship, I think, especially with the younger guns in the future, is going to just be, you know, the coach is calling the shots. And, and I like it. Striker, where do you land? No, I, I definitely agree with you on that part, just because especially in NIP where... There's no real captain to be seen, right? Not even, I guess I don't know Hampus particularly well in this case. So I don't know how, how he is in particular, if he is like a, like a strong leader type or anything like that. But obviously like in the previous iteration, I don't think Lecro was a, was a particularly strong captain or anything like that, like a big personality to take over in that team. So it has to come from like an outside perspective, right? From, from somebody like a threat who's obviously very well respected as a, as, as a former game leader and as a coach for a long time now. So I think from everything from this point of view kind of makes sense. And if Hampus is, is a bit more strategically inclined than, than Lecro was, or even like in terms of, uh, of being a captain, I think it's a, it's probably going to work out for the, for the better. Like uh, my only question mark about this uh, roster move is why twist 
wasn't on the chopping block and this is something that from the outside i don't understand but like threat commands some like enough respect in me that i think it probably there is a good reason why he decided to remove lecro instead of twist but like looking at the stats twist as the most mostly main opera who could be replaced by knock in that role made sense for me to to for him to go out and lecro had like good stats for the last month or so when we presume he wasn't calling so that's the only thing that i would have done like from an outside outsider point of view uh but yeah other than that i i really agree with the move so we'll see what happens i like there's a lot of drama about it regarding like the players not being involved in the in the decision making you talked about it as well then the whole the whole PETA interview with DK came out and I did a tweet today. I said like that was the most self-damning thing I read since the Jordy Roy <laughs> interview about Blast. Because in that, PETA essentially goes through all of the roster changes that they did since uh, first adding Dennis instead of Exist, which wasn't his move. That was like the CEOs or whatever. And then everything else. Pita was the coach and he he explained everything that they did, adding Drake and removing Drake and Dennis coming in, being the in-game leader, then moving it to Lecro. And then you see how everything failed for, for such a long time. And if the if that is what happens when the player and the coach controls the roster or whatever, then what, what else can you do than remove the coach, get a new one, and take away the power from the players? Because they did not want Golden to stay when they needed an in-game leader. Instead, they brought in Twist, so Forrest didn't have to opt. And then Forrest, two months later, left for Dignitas. So th that is like, you literally fucked yourself there. So, and now Golden is, of course, in Fnatic. So. Yeah, look, I, I think the NIP has been a mess since they kept the legends, right? Like since they started throwing one away and then throwing another one away and then throwing another one away, just holding on to that because of the name value, which is what they, they obviously tried to do for a long period of time there. And I completely understand it. Um, it's not like they were terrible. You know, they still had events where they, where they were able to be very competitive. We go back, IEM Oakland, was it 2017? Back to back years, right? They won Oakland. Like they are still winning like events with those guys there. So I kind of get how it's taken so long, but NIP is a legendary name within Swedish Counter-Strike and Counter-Strike as a whole, uh, probably needed a bit of a reboot. And I think this is the direction that they're going to be going with it. And uh, hopefully things start to, to pick up for them because NIP is one of the names, unfortunately, along the lines with Virtus Pro. I don't think we'll ever get them back to the former glory where having those names doing well in Counter-Strike is good for Counter-Strike because it's a household name, right? Um, all right, let's keep moving. Olaf, he's taken a break and uh, let me let me try this. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Bemis, like as in a B, like buzzing around. Bemis, I guess, Bemis is, is what okay. I've heard. Bemis. Okay, well, I can that's do That's what either. I've heard. I don't know if that's actually correct. I've never actually heard anybody else say it. Like okay. anybody, um, um, I don't know what you call it, whatever. Trust pronouncing it. Yeah, I don't. I didn't hear anybody from the Baltics pronounce it before or anything. So I, who the fuck knows? But that's that's my assumption. Now I'll have to talk to Yanko and, and suss it out because unfortunately, uh, phase. Now, does if if somebody in chat has this command or if you guys have it, there is a command that you guys could uh, put it in your server so that no <laughs> one can see. 
uh, who's in the server. It's just like Dude, there's no server info. So I'm going to repeat what I said in chat. Like the, the next step for phase is just to put out a picture where like B-Boss is somewhere like in the reflection in a mirror or anything like that, like clearly visible on a picture. And like we've come full circle with the full, full, full Cold Zero thing. It's great. It's 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 really good. Um, but the the fact is they were practicing with him today and they start their DreamHack tournament tomorrow. And I'm 99.9% sure, unless Yanko wants to play, uh, that he'll be playing. So let's talk about the Olaf situation first. Now, I'm going to, to present something, and you guys are going to scoff, and then I'm going to present something else. And then you guys are going to be like, oh. Now, I was thinking about this today. Uh, not about Olaf, about the games that I've been watching of Counter-Strike lately uh, when I was working on the Road to Rio and Pro League. Now, for those people who aren't familiar with what I do on an everyday kind of job, I'm normally just doing the, the analysis. So I sit there and I watch and I make some notes and I look for pivot rounds or I look for good performances. I look for those bits and pieces. You're not really following the flow of the game in the same way as you are when you're casting because when you're casting... Um, you're being directed of what you're watching. So it's much harder to constantly see that overview. Uh, with I get certain tools when I'm analyzing that are different to when I was, when I was casting. Um, and I'm watching the game from a different perspective. So I know that seems silly. You guys are like, aren't you analyzing the same game that are watching? I am. But no, I, I watch... totally get that, honestly. Yeah. So, and I'm also not looking at numbers of players as much. Now, so when, when I thought, oh, Olof, you know, he's down on himself. He's, he's stepping back. He's, he said he's had some bad performances. I was like, well, he hasn't been playing great, but they swapped him out of a bunch of roles. The games I've been watching, FaZe have looked better as a team. Uh, Brokey's looking good. Nico and, and, and Cold can have some really good games. I've seen Olof pop off a couple of times. Reigns popped off a couple of times. I didn't think it was that bad from the eye test. But then I went and I looked at his stats and I was like, holy shit, like there is a lot of red here. Like there's a lot more red than what I'd be expecting a FaZe clan who right now I probably consider them as like a, a top five team, right? Like in, in the European realms, because obviously we can't include the North American squads in this conversation right now. As I, I consider them like a pretty good team. Their approach to their game, their star players. I think the biggest issue for FaZe was them closing. So like I didn't really put it down to one player. I didn't sit there and think, oh, this guy is the reason they're not, not winning games. But if Olaf feels that he's not playing, he doesn't feel like, you know, that he can he can contribute at 100% right now. That's another hugely honorable decision, I think, to go, yeah, I, I need a break. I need some time off. I, I need it. Because FaZe, um, in my mind, are on like the brink of uh, of going from, from really looking really good to being like marauders, just destroying teams. I don't know if you think this is a good move, Striker. Do you think he's made the right call? Well, I think it makes sense from the point of view. If you think about it, you were talking about the, uh, the um, role changes, right? But they were actually in benefit of him not just brokey right who went to like a more fitting fitting role to yeah. him it's just Olaf went back to his like lurking role and stuff like that and every every change was to his benefit in the recent times at least like the more they shifted upping towards brokey the more Olaf got to do what he whatever he basically did almost entire his entire career right so from that perspective i can see how even if that doesn't help you individually, it's probably like it's probably not the problem, right? You're probably looking at something else. So I think from that perspective, it definitely makes sense for him to take a break if he doesn't think he can improve individually without it or just get back on his feet. So yeah, I agree with that. Kind of good on him to recognize it, I guess, and and just like say say okay, let's let's stop this before it's too late, right? Do we think he'll be back, Prof? That's a good question. 
How well, he's is been, he? this is his third break, right? And he's always been back within like a couple of months or three months or something. Last yeah. time when he took that break two years ago, he was back within three months. Same way when he had that injury, he was back within two months. And always he came back like in decent form. So I don't see why he wouldn't. It's just it's not going to be in phase, I don't think. Yeah, I also don't think it's going to be in phase. Like, especially because phase won't afford to go through the same thing they did last time when Olaf was out, which was stand in to stand in to we don't know what the fuck is it. Maybe yeah, you know, looking for a player, unable to find a player they want and all of that. So I think they will be on the lookout to sign someone permanently as soon as possible and that just go into the grind. So I, I think but phase is out of the question completely. Just, just quickly on that, do we think that this whole Astralis fad that they're trying to start with the six seven eight twelve thirty four man rosters whatever it might be do we think that might start sticking because really if olaf goes for like two or three months or whatever and then he comes back and he's like hey guys like i'm back and i want to i want to perform and he's hungry again and like look we got this this new kid he's pretty sick uh we'll keep you as our sixth man we'll still use you in some tournaments or whatever um you can stream you can do this you can do that we'll still pay you whatever do you think like that I don't know. First of all, we don't know if Olaf would want to do something like that. He might want to just get straight back in the server and start fucking wrecking heads. But do you think that's a, a possibility? Like, is that even anything that could be floated as a thought? I don't think with FaZe's experience of these roster moves and just like swapping people in and out, I don't think that's something that's on their minds, to be honest. Okay. And what do you guys feel? Actually, Prof, what do you say to people at home who are like, Lecro should join, Alex should join? in-game leader who is no longer in a team should join. What do you say to those people? I mean, the, there is a case to be made for any of those players. It's not like some totally dumb idea just because like, oh, Scream is a free agent. He should join Fnatic or whatever. Of course, he <laughs> stood in for Fnatic at one event. So whatever. I Like all of these make sense on the, like a base level to, to some degree. But first of all, like Lecro joining as an in-game leader won't happen because he wasn't able to in-game lead an NIP. Then he, you won't be able to in-game lead fucking Nico. That won't happen. Maybe as a support player of some sort, that maybe could, could make sense. But at the same time, maybe he doesn't want to do that anymore. Maybe he wants to go and do some like more star stuff. So then his, he'd have to look elsewhere, maybe somewhere in the Swedish scene which isn't Fnatic and isn't an IP, so maybe in Dignitas, I don't know. Uh, and then Alex, the whole Alex thing is like, I don't even know what to say about it. Doesn't even, like, doesn't make sense, right? Or like what I said, someone put it on Twitter as well. Like if you leave a team with Zaiwoo because it's too much travel, then you won't be like joining FaZe, which are in the same leagues as they are. Of course, there is yeah. the asterisk of the Corona being like, now being a thing so you don't have that much travel but like in six months or whatever we'll go back to the schedule and i don't see why phase would sign him for like a six month period just so he can fuck off when they actually need him to play on land sure so yeah also in terms of lecro or anybody of that stature who wasn't necessarily a winner or anything like that i feel like phase would only bring in somebody who they really respect so like an, like an olaf like a legend of the game you know something like that or somebody new, like like a BMAS, you know, somebody completely un, unproven, just some like potentially like a massive upgrade in firepower down the line, you know, in a couple of months when that guy just gets acclimated. They're not going to get a guy in like Lecro who 
has just been like on the top 10 kind of level for a long time and hasn't really shown like signs of improvement Here, here's a fun or anything fact. like that. Lecro did not win a single tournament with NIP. Yeah, that's true. Wow. In two, almost two years. Bloody hell, okay. Yeah, he had yeah, a, they had a couple yeah. of second places, but they never won. Well, this is the new boy. This is the guy who, as far as I'm concerned, will be playing for FaZe tomorrow. I could be wrong. Maybe something will crop up. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe I'll look like a fucking idiot. But all signs point uh, to this boy, Bemis, Bemas, the B-man, Buzzy boy. Uh, <laughs> 16 We're starting something really dangerous. Yeah, no, let's, he could, we, we need nicknames. We need nicknames for, nicknames for players. So this kid, uh, 16. Ladies and gentlemen, Nico played with him in FPL, said he was pretty good. So if Nico plays in FPL with you and says you're pretty good, that's probably all you need, right? Like, I'm being a little bit facetious, but seriously, um, so he's from by the, Lithuania. By the way, like, he was, I, just to give some context on this, I was the one who did that top 20 interview, and I did it with him on, you know, audio, just because he didn't have much time at the time. I think there was, like, they had some tournaments to play or something like that around that time. So we had to do it audio just so he doesn't have to spend too much time on typing it out and stuff. And when we got to this question, he literally just, he, at first he asked like, how, how bold do I go? And like, you've been through this, like nobody who we just like expect to get picked up in a month by like a top team, it should be like somebody reasonably unknown, you know? And he literally like the first name that came out of his mouth within five seconds was this, was this guy. He didn't have to think about it for a long time. Okay. Well, someone in chat just said that his last name directly translates to Pepper. So uh, that's pretty okay. cool too. So not only is the B-boy, he's got some pepper in his step. And Nico, as Strikers just said, uh, was, was one of the first names off the list. So the fact that they're able to turn this around this quickly with him. And let's be honest, it's, Brokey is the only inexperienced member in the team other than this new kid, right? So having Cold Zero, <laughs> Nico, and Rain as the three individuals around you with Yanko there to like mentor you and help you and, and, and that kind of stuff. That's pretty fucking good. So they have these two young kids. They already have two superstars in Nico and Cold. Like it's it's almost like what's going to happen is as Nico and Cold. If this team stays there for a long time, obviously I'm projecting in the future here. But like if Nico and Cold start to decline and these two kids keep going like up, assuming like because Brokey's looking better and better every time I see the kid play, that could be fucking mental, right? You're you these are the kids. You're teaching the kids all the stuff. So when they get a little, little bit old, they can take the back seat, be the supportive players, and the kids can take over. But who knows if this and is Nico, be... Nico and Cole are fucking 23 and 25, and they've been that's like true. at the top of the game already. So it's like that's very true. I mean, Nico was was a Bimas, literally. He was a 16 year old yeah. kid or whatever. I mean, he was better than Bimas, a lot better. But he, you get what my point. Yeah, he went sure. down to the pro scene with 16. So, so that's the thing. And it's cool. It's a cool factor that both Brokey and Bimas are from like the same region, obviously not the same country, but I guess they know each other. So that's like a support network within the team when they're getting bullied by by all the older guys in the <laughs> locker room, you know, so they can support each other a bit and go through the rough periods. By the way, coming back to that whole in-game leadership thing, right? People mm -hmm. suggesting in-game leaders for phase. I feel like Nico is just kind of set on this, like, I'm just going to be an in-game leader. I don't think he has that mentality anymore where he just thinks, okay, whenever somebody actually really good as an in-game leader um, pops around, we're going to get him. I think he's just actually... Made made that decision in his head, saying, "Okay, fuck it. I'm just I'm just gonna become an in-game leader." It's even something that he said in that top twenty interview that we were talking about earlier, where he was just saying, "He, I just decided that I'm gonna become the best fucking game leader in the world." And so, from that from that point of view, I also don't think 
um, they would consider in game that is un unless it really was like an insane opportunity. Yeah, I mean, like theoretically, Alex would be a perfect fit for that. Sure, like I feel like, he, like yeah. mentality wise, like personality, he could fit into that. But it's just like his in not an ability. He, he just doesn't fit want personality wise. He wouldn't what? fit in with that personality wise. Okay. I don't think. Like you got a bunch of dudes who are outgoing who. Like, like if you look at FaZe, you look at them, they, they look like party boys, party right? Party boys, like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Alex is not a party boy. Alex doesn't want to travel. Alex, Alex ain't a party boy. Alex is, is a guy who in interviews doesn't say a lot. And whether that's because he doesn't want to say he a lot. He does say a lot. Maybe to you guys, but on broadcast, he doesn't say fuck all. But that's, okay. that's he know, actually the, is fairly like one of those people who will tell you something not necessarily, you know, that's... A couple of memorable He's, he's had like those whole Zywoo moments where... He says, I just don't get the whole thing about people like banging on, uh, on us being all shit and Zywoo being like the savior or anything. We just support well, him and shit like that. Unfortunately for Alex, he was the second best player in that team. It was him <laughs> yeah, and So it's like, unfortunately for him, like it, it was a shit situation. No wonder he was stressed as fuck. I don't blame him. That that would, must have been a nightmare to try and make that thing work right there. Anyway, let's keep it moving. We're, we're ticking through the show. Uh, we're going to go on to Farley joining Godsent, and Makaleli's hit the bench. Now, I know we're all excited for Makaleli's story. He's going to be releasing that on YouTube, the No Chance to Godsent. Obviously, there's a few bits and pieces going on there, so we'll get to find out uh, what all happened. But Farley joining Godsent. Now, if you aren't familiar with Farley, he was playing for Copenhagen Flames. Yep. Uh, and he played in the road to Rio and he turned some heads. He definitely turned my head and he definitely turned the heads of uh, people at Godsent because he's been picked up. He's been put on that roster. And as a, as a young Orpa, he looked fucking sick in road to Rio. Like he looked like a kid who just knew everything that I was, I was watching him and I was going, Holy shit. Like if, if he's not cheating, he's fucking great. And obviously I don't think he's cheating. That's just me uh, being a little bit facetious. Hello, Vax sucks. But, uh, <laughs> but look, like I, I saw some of his rounds, his clutch potential, who is very quick with the AWP. Um, and Makaleli on certain maps, he admitted that he struggled orping on certain maps. Like Vertigo and Nuke, I think, were ones that he said it, it was hard for him to, to orp on. That, I don't those think are this... potentially two of Godson's like better maps. Yeah. Like when you think about them, that those are some of the maps. And they don't, they don't play Mirage. Which is a, like an op op heavy map, maybe because of that reason as well. I don't know. So obviously, like I'll just I'll just stand in Michaelella's defense for a bit, okay. even though I'm not a Michaelella fan. Like even back when he was an NIP, and I was probably an NIP fanboy at that time. Like I, I was like I don't really like this guy. It's kind of like all everything's off about him. But the amount of shit that he's getting from the community is just like fucking unreal. Starting from the like super toxic stuff, which like talking to people now or like even the last two years, no one said calls him toxic. Maybe they don't like his energy or whatever, but that's not like being toxic, just like personality don't mesh and that's fine. Yeah. And then the, the whole thing about like being a flat earther because he <laughs> said like that, okay, he, he did like imply some weird stuff, but he didn't say anything about the earth being flat. He just said, I mean, that that's he, just a, that's kind of a said, joke. I don't think that's like. But but it's but it's it's kind of fucked like that that someone is literally every time he gets mentioned people just <laughs> call him flat earther. He said like the moon landing was potentially fake, which 
is completely a different thing because it doesn't really change everything about how the world works and everything we know about physics and shit like that. So it's like, it's okay. Maybe we now don't you're going to get it. all that hate for, for being a flat earther. But like, it's all the fucking time. And then it's like, all, all of this is like compounding on him. It's like, chill. He's like, a, he's a cool, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's just nice plays CS. He's a nice dude. He's just, this is the thing. We all say stupid shit. You know, some people get paid to say stupid shit. Some people just say stupid shit. But like the thing is, the community will grab anything that they can uh, with people, right? That's unfortunately the way it goes. That is just unfortunately the way it goes. But here's a problem with that godsend team before this roster change came in. Makaleli was 29. Zen's 28. Uh, Crystal. Fuck. Crystal's got to be at least 26. 26. Yeah. Uh, is like also. Thicko is pretty young 24, now. 25, yeah. I think. 24. But yeah, they were one of the oldest like top exactly. 30 teams. Exactly. And that right there with an with with that team, I think that uh, that Maiden's really good. I think that he's a he's a very good player. Fills a lot of different roles. Is very versatile. Um, I think that Zen is is one of those guys as well. Um, he looks like he fills a lot of the the undesirables, a lot of gaps. Uh, Crystal, you need an in-game leader, and we heard from Pronax on last time's show that they got rid of him, and then they realized two days later that they needed him. Uh, if there is another player to go in the future, you would assume it would be Crystal in the similar as like a, a Hunden situation with Mad Lions. But the Farley replacing Makaleli is the one that makes the most sense. Stiko is another great player. I think Stiko as... Stiko has had a, like a redemption story. I feel like yeah. in this team, kind of. I, but I he was a star before he joined Mouse. That's the thing that I think people forgot. Right? Is like he was more of a star role before he joined the Mouse Sports roster when he was with what's that motherfucker's name? Zero? Was it Zero? Oh well, yeah. Yeah, like I'm going right back. Holy shit! I've just gone into NFL. Well, no, but, and Hellraisers, right. he was kind of a support player though. Okay, well Already. I, I mustn't remember it very well then. But I thought he no, was but he was a star, bragging. like in Czech teams and all that stuff. Like he was, um, like a big. He was the best player, and probably even over Oscar at some point. Okay. So oh. in well in Slovakia, Czech, Czech and Slovakia, we just have like combined scene. But at, at one point in like 2015, 2014, he probably was better than Oscar. So skill wise, which is just something like insane to to think about. I don't think we ever had a player to go just like his rating. What it was in Mouseports and at the end of Mouseports to what it is now. Like we do we have a player that went that that much up, like literally zero point from zero point nine ratings to like one point one. Well you what also have to think rating? about how I don't know, probably zero point ninety five nine something. Cause I would assume that his might have gone up a little bit his his time is in Dignitas, but I suppose because like he's there's a lot more kills available now. I what think. are we talking about? Get yeah, right. No, it's, it's yeah, gone but, a bit but this is like a very short period for Get Right. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's uncomparable to like to to Stiko. Like if if Get Right holds this up, then yeah, this is like some good shit, similar similar level, I'd say. Uh, okay, so yeah, but you have of... to think about how like the competitive, um, I guess the teams that they play against this time, right? Yes. Just because obviously Gotsen, no chance, stuff like that. They're mostly playing against like. Similar level teams, top thirty teams, not you know the top ten that Sticko used to play against. So that's also gonna make a, make a pretty big difference, you know. But like even when he plays like these beer events, it's like a similar thing. It's not like he yeah, falls yeah, that's off. Yeah, so. that's true. That's so, well, true. So let's do this. What do you think about Farley joining Godsent Striker? Do you think it's a good move? I love it, honestly, just because we have just look at fucking almost every team towards the top, right? Every single team or almost every single team there has a star hopper that you know the team is kind of built around like obviously like the biggest uh 
examples of that would be Navi and Vitality. But even when you look at it, like a Strauss device just doesn't necessarily like take up a lot of space, but he is undoubtedly like the team's star. Um, Woxic in most sports, like all of these teams, even Kenny S in, in G2 to an extent, um, like all of these teams have like operas at their forefront. And that's just become kind of, well, not become, it's been a meta for a long time. And, and we've seen that operas that don't have a lot of impact, like an MSL or something, just don't really work, right? They don't, they can't bring you to like a top five level or anything like that. They're probably, you probably have to have a decent opera to get there unless you're a fanatic and you just like break all, like, um, all break standards the that the, that the, that the game has, but like yeah. nobody else has really done that without having like a really top tier opera. So I feel like that's a, that's a move that you always have to consider. Yeah, it just, like it just made complete sense. Like we were talking about it even before the Pronax show, like jokingly, huh, get this, get this player. And uh, it happened and not because he did, we He did admit that, that they were like looking at him at the time. It was interesting to see that like two weeks later, he's actually signed. Yeah. And that happened also like pretty fast from even what Michael Ellis said publicly. It was like a super fast talking. Okay, set the deal. Michael Ellis benched. Then this guy is coming in. So they also go into these uh these matches they're playing phase right that's the first game with they are playing with phase, like yeah. one one or two days of practice with a new guy but but it i mean it's it gonna be the same with the phase move. though what it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be the same, same with phase yeah well they have one, both teams only have one or two days practice with the new boys right i'm but just thinking they... about when you when you look at like this upgrade like the whole like top 20 top 30 even at the moment is like super sick like most of these teams make a lot of sense like when okay. you look at the teams that are like the complexities or the ogs which are not a top 10 team contender at all these teams have sick players like good star players like in-game leaders supportive like every, like most of these teams make a lot of sense and can can take maps and series off of the top top five even like we just saw it today of course mouse person shit shit form but whatever, like complexity is doing pretty well. It's just a very. I feel like it's super competitive for the whole top thirty even now nowadays. I've just linked Lucas the the rankings for the. Well, obviously it's going to change tomorrow, right? But the the way it is right now. Uh, so like Astralis, obviously we know the situation there with the whole Yugi thing. Uh, that's whatever. Navi, like. Navi haven't impressed me in some time. Like ever since Katowice, I don't think like, whatever's but, but, going on. There. You have to. Put it in context, like of course for Navi, which we expect That's to win point. events okay. all the then, time. The, yeah, then, okay, the then it's not impressive. So scroll the... down, Lucas. What we want to look at here is like towards the bottom, I suppose. I get you bang on. I guess like Spirit are, are threatening at times. Like uh, even yeah, you're right. You're right. Heretics even enter on the up and up. Cloud Nine don't even don't seem like a bad team anymore. You're right. It feels like a lot of these teams are starting to head in in a very good direction, not down. Like a lot of them feel like they're making good steps. It, like Harvey, for example, I haven't watched a lot of them. I can't really comment too much about those guys. They the played solid though. The rest of these guys I've watched quite a lot of. The rest of these teams I've seen a significant amount of. So yeah, okay, I, I see where you come with that. I I could agree with that sentiment for sure. It's I haven't very... seen hurt like out of these teams. I actually haven't seen the CIS teams play the. The most, I guess, Windstrike and Hard Legion are just two teams that I actually don't remember watching so, play a game in a while. Apart Alien's from like the Navi good. game that I think I saw yeah, with Hard Legion. Pretty good. Alien's pretty good, yeah. A Hobbit seems to be playing better. Uh, 
which was even Mo within Simon Gaming. Like they didn't even look terrible. I know it was domestic, but they looked they looked all right. Uh, let's okay. keep it going. We'll go to CIA. Uh, we're talking about Buster. He's uh, taking a break as well. So I didn't read the Buster situation. Is this is this health or is this burnout or is this needing a break? What is this? Looks like it's just uh, some sort of a break. I'm not sure if it was yeah. forced by the organization or not. It doesn't seem so. And Overdrive, who kind of uh, uh, leaked this this move ahead of time as well, said that they're kind of looking to get uh, Buster back for Sanji and then eventually maybe look at Adren's future as well. So yeah, that's like kind of the situation. Or Jerry, or get someone. Because Kick It, Jame, and Buster as like three players, like with potential, are too good to waste. But this new kid, Yakinda, I got to watch him. He was playing for previously. Uh, Brosto? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I thought that he was pretty good. They would literally send him in first to just kill as many people as he that he could so they could win <laughs> rounds. Like that was that's what some of the strats look like for those guys. And I was like, well, this guy can fuck, but the rest of the team can't. <laughs> like, he because doing the cis games a couple of nights it was really strange to see the play style and i, I kind of learned where boomage got some of his dumb ideas from right <laughs> but like it's no but you definitely see it like cis teams on inferno they play sandbags they actually play sandbags i'm like what the fuck is going on here but, this, is, this is just reminding me of the conversation we had was it nbk who said like let's just fuck you know that that kind of phrase yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that there was just the whole thing in, in in his team what do you guys think about this 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 initial thing obviously if buster needs time away like we all know yeah you can take your time away but should do you think they should have been more aggressive now like if you're going to bring buster back later why not get rid of sanji now and bring in another guy like if you're going to have to change things up eventually why not be a little bit more audacious or, or yeah maybe they just they're just looking into those things still you know trying to lock down a player or something like that just doing one by one potentially that's that's probably what uh what i would assume is happening especially with what overdrive said that that was in their plans so it just makes the sense coach, for me. The coach went as well, right? No, it's just one? a secondary one. But there was rumored. It, oh, it's a secondary one. Okay. No, there's uh, like a, they added another one, and then like an analytical guy added. I don't know. I don't know either of them very particularly much. They're just like old players back from 1.6. That's pretty much all I know. I I thought that I read from um, some Little? of the Overdrive headlines that Little made a tweet that I didn't understand because I translated it from Russian. Yeah, I think I, it just I think fuck? it just meant that. He didn't understand like how they suddenly gig uh, got a spot on this team, that they were probably out of the scene for a long time and just like didn't really have. There was no reason for them to get this spot, so I guess that's that's the problem. I don't know. That's how I understood it. Maybe the translation is wrong. I didn't actually have anybody else try to translate it for me, so I'm just, yeah. It's I, a guess. I was yeah, uh, keeping an eye on Yekinder for like six months now or something like that, and. Uh, also, interestingly, another like Baltic player uh, being signed. So Brocky, uh, Yakinder, and uh, Bimas potentially. We don't know, but it's more, more most likely going to happen with Face. Uh, there's a stat line. He had like two events. Of course, not the highest tier, but DreamHack Delhi Invitational, which was like tier three, tier four teams, and then the. She didn't he destroy that that event completely? By those the way, two, those two events he had one point thirty nine rating, which is ridiculous. And th th he was playing against like aristocracy and then some other like maybe more shit teams. Not a lot of maps or anything. But overall, his like his rating has been like one point twelve. And as Sponge described at the beginning, he's like an entry fryer for the team, which you don't expect to like. Even if he's carrying, he's not going to be like super carrying. Like if you have like a 1.7 rating or whatever, 
that is insane for, for a guy that's going in first. So a lot of potential and glad he is picked up. I think Verse Pro needed someone new, someone fresh. I just don't know how it's going to fit into everything because like, I don't know, a kicker did a lot of these, like maybe you can call it like good entry, not good, but like set up entry fragging and not set up entry fragging. Because if you're running through a smoke, uh, without a flash, that's gonna be Sanji, of course. Yep. But then, if you're doing an execute with like five <laughs> smokes and like five flashes and three Molotovs, that's gonna be Kicker going in first. So okay. maybe then that's gonna be a bit of a clash for Rubes Pro. But other than that, like the raw talent is here, so he, he's gonna do well. I don't have a doubt about it. All right. Well, let's keep it moving because we're gonna rank all these roster changes too. So we're gonna talk about. Well, Neo and Taz, uh, they're back together. Now, like every good couple, uh, Jennifer Anderson and Brad Pitt, they always reunite. You know, they always come back together. Now, these boys are back, and what they've done is they've grabbed three players. Uh, is Stomp one of them? Yes. Yeah, okay, yep. so Stomp I remember from... fuck. I'm pretty sure he played in one of the Asus ROG events a couple of years ago on Isaac's team. Um, but yeah, they've basically grabbed three more younger guns from the Polish scene, and I guess they're going to do the best that they can with this now i i want to i don't i don't know but i'm i'm gonna make this comment um classic I, chat well that's basically <laughs> I don't what know, i do but I'm gonna make day. this comment sounds like but i don't think that taz and neo expect they can be one of the best counter-strike teams in the world again however no, what no, i think sure. that they do know that they can do is within their own country they are superstars in the counter-strike world uh they can help the talent of tomorrow while still having careers so like the way that i look at this is if you were like a international superstar football player then you went over to play in like the premier league and then eventually you went back to your home country when you were old and you couldn't really play anymore and you played and you gave some of the youngsters some advice and shit and you got paid a decent amount of money to do it why the fuck not? Because That's you also I... brought in fans because they love you because of your old like history and yeah. class as a player and stuff like that. So that's yeah. essentially what they are doing. Like no one is going to be play paying Stomp. I mean, someone is going to be paying because in Poland everyone is a fucking salaried pro player for like a thousand euros or whatever they need to live there. But as well as a lot of Eastern European countries, including mine. So uh, yeah. So then you have, then you have Neo and Taz on a team, then of course it's easier to get a sponsorship and actually get people to watch the team and that the sponsorship makes sense. So I, I read an interview with him, also like Google translated from Polish, so not completely accurate, but the sentiment was something along the lines of, this is our opportunity to build something, to like pass on the knowledge, to build something. To like, it's not about only winning, like they did their share of winning, a lot of it, they're legends in CSGO and CS in general. And now they want to do like what they still can do. Like what is there to do? How do you find like a new goal in, in, in CS? And I feel like what you described is exactly what they actually want to accomplish. And I think there's a lot to that, right? Because I think if you are a newer viewer, then you won't give these guys the respect that they deserve. But if you are somebody who's been involved in Counter-Strike or in CSGO since the beginning, you will know that these guys were there at the ground floor. You will know the amount of bullshit that unfortunately they had to go through with the changing of organizations in the 1.6 days, with all that kind of stuff, right? And and uh, yeah, that's why with these guys, especially for them, like it, it sucks the way that VP all kind of went down and obviously read Cuban's interview with hg org if you want a, a little bit more right there. Um, but 
like all those bits and pieces when you consider it it's it's good that they still have the drive to want to compete and like actually give something back and and that's still a goal of theirs because if it was many other people and they went through the the ups and downs that these guys did they'd probably either be jaded as fuck and not want to do anything to help anybody or you know they just have made enough money and they can walk away happy but these guys like obviously they want to they want to keep uh, looking after the scene and counter-strike's been a big part of their life and i hope that they ha- find success in whatever venture that is uh, just one thing to add on yeah. before we finish this off someone wrote in chat and i remember that's also a thing they invested their own money as well into this project so it's not like they're playing around with someone else's cash they did literally put their money into this so they want to do it so it's not something to just just a cash grab or something like that respect all right cool let's keep it moving the rumors now uh striker i know that you're a massive fan of uh tigers and uh well tiger is a team from mongolia with a player called urcast uh and they're apparently in talks with getting smooth and snappy now i don't know which world they think they're living in but i'm pretty sure we're in 2020 and coronavirus exists right from what i understand this team would play in europe what sorry what we couldn't get urcast a visa to say in australia how are we getting the motherfucker a visa in europe maybe you get some better country that's more like uh liberal with their visas like ukraine or something i don't know yeah okay a nicer country a nicer country not better Uh, country i mean let's be Uh, real australia is pretty pretty strict on the visa anyone in everyone stay the f- they don't even let me in i can't even go home if i wanted to but that's the yeah i did point. i had the same questions and i from what i heard uh, they, they were gonna like the mongolian guys were gonna move to europe and play there okay so they're going to keep urcast obviously and then uh, oh, just the trio the, the known trio like dobu cabal urcast yeah. so that's they're winning at the moment in asia that seems pretty crazy to like go for the change with smoother and snappy now if they're going to go to europe it makes so much more sense if i was snappy and smoother no, no offense to to Mongolia. I'm sure it's a beautiful place, but there's no way in the world that I would leave the United Kingdom or Denmark for going somewhere in Asia. Like, the, there's no way in the world that I that I would do that, right? So, uh, if they're going to move to Europe, then then sure, that that makes a little bit more sense. Can maybe start to get around that. But how are they going to compete? Like, that's that's in in Asia, it's fine. You can go and you can you can beat up on Vici and Tailu and fucking what is it btrg and all those fucking names you can go and beat up on all those guys but in europe it's going to be so much harder like fuck where are they even going to start i don't don't even who the fuck knows right fuck i know i i i don't know like i think it's an audacious play i was thinking it'd be really good to have snappy in-game leading in asia because he could actually help with the massive problem in Asia, which is their approach to their game. If he could get it to Urkast, the Urkast boys... Just that, is, the just problem is getting issue. the information across is kind of a problem. Yeah, I don't know. I know, like, even if you're just there and you're practicing against other teams, I think that is something that can spread throughout the region. Like, in theory, if, if Snappy was there and they were practicing the Tai Lu's and uh, yes. whoever, BTRGs then you see they see how they play and of course they're gonna have more respect for snappy consider he is like danish and game leader from the long line of danish in game leaders uh bringing some stuff then then it's gonna be like naturally stuff is just gonna spread in in the region but that's not gonna happen except maybe for some boot camps or whatever qualifiers for miners or some stuff that they have to do in asia but what you're saying they did they did win the 
Rotorio tournament and they yep. also won like a Weibo Cup or something where all of the top teams were again uh, with this old lineup with a full Mongolian lineup uh, and there was an interview also with the coach or something where they said like even though things are going well they have plans made and they're going to be sticking to those plans regardless of the results because they are aware that like whatever either the results aren't uh, aren't going to be like something they can keep up or they think it's an outlier or something like that so they're going to be like doing changes even though it's still fucking it's crazy insane. Yeah, yeah it's crazy all right i'm gonna look speak either I, okay. I want to get to the rankings here and i i go have to it. go because i gotta go to bed because i gotta get up early tomorrow but We'll quickly jump into the Alex Ponder's return. Uh, he did a podcast with Duncan recently um, where he made comment about returning to play but still didn't want to have the crazy travel schedule. Do we think anybody, striker would take a risk on him to pick him up as an in-game leader knowing that he's he's not uh, I have a partial perfect, travel? I have a yeah. per perfect team for him, especially considering the comments that he made contact. Okay, yeah, they're a fucking mess right now. First of Do all, it's a French... It's the, technically a French organization. Okay. Second of all, it's a flashpoint team, isn't part of all those big leagues, you know, as in doesn't have a massive schedule or anything. He, so Alex specifically said, like, if probably a flashpoint team would be ideal because of these, because of these things exactly, because they are now part of Blast and ESL at the same time. So that obviously takes away from, um, from a lot of the schedule. And in general, it just makes perfect sense, right? Emmy is just like the, the classic player to turn coach, turned player just like in that limbo situation where he's probably going to get cut the first time chance he gets um, for, for a better in-game leader. So there's there's immediately a spot there for an in-game leader. And okay. the whole roster just makes sense. They already speak English. He's, he obviously speaks English, so has a, has a good mind for the game. I just don't see a, a downside. I think the biggest issue there is that it requires contact to actually acknowledge they have a CSGO team and then talk <laughs> to a guy and sign contracts and everything. So I think that's out of the window, though. So this is the roster right here for everybody playing at home. Uh, Emmy's the man right there that we're talking about replacing. He was actually coaching Crazy, right? When they yep. were... So yep. um, I think Letney probably has to go as well. You can keep Otto, Ships, and Esperanto, add an Alex and get another good fragger because I think Otto, Ships, and Esperanto are actually all pretty good. Ships... That, that three uh, is pretty fucking sick. Like, yeah. they should not be as bad as they are. I don't know what where they're even ranked. Like... 50th or 41 it says now yeah oh, yeah fuck. okay so yeah look that's actually a good call right there the alex one that that would make a lot of sense and if they could find another fragger probably you know actually get a lot done because that is auto ships and Esperanto have all, have all shown very very good promise uh in the past now let's keep going we're gonna move into the rank uh now... by the way another another option would be godsend right yes but at the same time, I think Godsend want to get on the tier one circuit. I don't think they want to. Yeah, uh, I don't think they want to be. Someone just said uh, Nuki as potentially a, a fifth for that team. That's not a bad shout. Secondary Orpa. Yeah, secondary yeah, Orpa. Sure. Seems pretty flexible. He's a good role player. All right, uh, Lucas, we're going to get stuck into this, mate. We're ordering the changes from best to worst. Now, Prof's done us up a lovely little Google document here, I believe. Uh, so I think we can, we can bring this one up. Um, now, what we want to do obviously just talk through a lot of these roster changes um are we doing all of them the rumored ones as well prof or just just uh, the ones you've listed here i think uh, like what what would you add from the rumored ones uh fuck my eyes that's getting terrible now nah, let's go with these this that's good yeah. this makes the most sense and then the next one is where we can have some okay so the worst out of all of these let's start there um surely it has to be Yugi to it has to be the bottom two yeah and then what 
you obviously like these two. The problem with these two is just that those were not necessarily um, needed changes. You know, it was just like something that that had to happen probably. Let, let's so maybe we, like can, kind we of... can we can maybe phrase it some somehow that makes more sense. We can just say moves we like or dislike the most. It doesn't have to be like <laughs> okay. objectively operating it. Well, then the, the 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 bottom two are probably staying bottom two, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah, like, I, I, like mm, yeah. yeah, I agree. I'd put I'd put TRK right up there or right down there with them, just because I just don't know. I could, couldn't be more agreed, as the meme goes. Like, TRK to MIBR does not excite me at all. Like, I just do not care about this roster change. I, I think that where, unfortunately, we know that the Christu and the Yugi things are both temporary, right? We know yeah. that they're either going to get replaced by somebody else or the so should we just that push TRK to the back. bottom, you're saying? I, but the TRK one is the same problem. But, yeah, sure. but a different so frame. So going to be replaced just like all of the Well, no, but that before. whole team needs to have a massive change. Like, they need to get a coach. They need to change the way that they approach the game. They need to get rid of um, some of the players they've been holding on to for too many years now. Like, there's changes that need to happen in the MIBR roster that aren't even ones that I want to begin discussing because th there's no way that those changes will happen with the current way that that team is run. Right, like that. That's not even. A, it's not even a point getting into that conversation because they're just not going to change. So it's not even. It's like us. We could sit here and say, "Yeah, well, fucking. If everybody was just nice to each other, we'd have world peace." Sure. It's the same with MIBR being successful again. Like, we don't. We don't know how they're going to go about that. We don't. We, we, let's not even talk about that shit. Let's look at the good ones: Hampus, Farley, and Yakinda. Look, does does names. anybody does anybody argue with the fact that Farley to Godson is the best one? I reckon that's the best one because immediate Early. upgrade, I think that impact will be felt. Whereas I think for Hampus for NIP is going to take some time. And I think that Yakinda, obviously the VP, we have the same issue. They have to wait until Buster comes back to replace Sanji. Yeah. So, I don't know. Oh. That's how I'm looking at it. So I essentially just moved the whole list to the right. But there you go. Right. No, I would say I would, I would actually put Yakinda over Hampus. Yeah. Ooh, I think, I think okay. there's, I think there's much bigger chance that Yakinda is going to have like a big, impact on vp rather than happens on an ip i don't i'm not necessarily I sure I have, that i have to agree with that just because like vp is on a at a lower spot at the moment in the rankings and everywhere just like in people's minds nip is like oh they're, they've been doing well online and stuff like that so i don't think nip is going to suddenly become a top five team they'll most likely still be around the top 10. sure so, i get yeah and vp could make a shift to like again being a top 15 team what are they now, like 22nd like... or something? 25 even or something yeah. like that. Holy 22nd shit. actually, yeah, you're right. They've dropped yeah. off quite significantly, haven't they? And that's, and that's not even the lowest they've been since Yikes. the whole drop-off, I think. It was like 25 at worst, I think. I hate like I hate that we've had so many teams that have made it to major finals and then they just shit after. Like, Ents, VP. I like how you're massively struggling Fact, with. I need to keep going here. Immortals, <laughs> Gambit even won a major, and then they were yeah, shitting silly after. Um, there's, there's more. That's, that's four teams I've named, and that's that could keep going. Did you um, say Immortals or not? I did. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this was easy. The next bit, the next bit won't. Oh, Cloud Nine. Everyone's spamming Cloud Nine. Thank you guys. I'm glad that you reminded me of that, that one. I mean, um, this might, oh, okay. this might be yes, a new, uh, like a plip question, but. The the Yugi transfer to Astralis, the, are we a hundred percent like a hundred percent sure it's not gonna open up for a seven man roster? 
afterwards. But it is a seven-man roster. But like well, he'll probably is, stay there. But is it just yeah. gonna stay right. there? The thing is, we don't. The, at this point, we don't know. But our best guess is that, sure, he's probably gonna stay. But it's not gonna be like uh like the advertised, you know, actual six-man roster where they're gonna swap out players like pretty consistently, right? I just think he's kind of a last-minute decision. Um, in line with what I was saying earlier, I th I don't think he he was necessarily meant to be. There was actually meant to be a seven-man roster. I think it was meant to be six. And because they just couldn't make it work with Sasatag, Yugi just came in as a seventh too. Now, just on that, Lucas, as well, during the one of the broadcasts, I think it was Road to Rio, we had Device on. And uh, we said, oh, Yugi's joined the team now. Like, how's this going to work? Are you going to, like, mentor him? And he's going to, like, shadow you and, and you'll show him, like, you know, the ropes and all this kind of stuff. So he said, well, normally, uh, or you, not normally, like, I think something along the lines of that is potentially how it could have worked but this is i don't i don't think they're aware i think that they're kind of just having to fill some gaps right now and they'll see what happens in the future like if yugi was to come in and not have to play and mentor device and you can just have him learn from device about like why he makes these decisions why he takes these peaks and shit that'd be great but unfortunately he has to play in the team at the same time and that's it's just not gonna it doesn't feel like it's gonna yeah, uh, that, work in the, the short term that's the worst part of it, about it is just that he can't even play his normal role. So he can't even learn about his normal role because that's already taken by somebody and makes perfect sense, right? That it would be device playing that just because he's the fucking best at it in the world, probably. Yeah. So. Well, it's a good person to learn from and hopefully for Yugi, he can get that opportunity once things settle down. Uh, but this next one here we'll jump into is uh, top three changes we would do right now. And this one here, I think uh, it could be a bit of fun. Now, I don't know what you had in mind for this, uh, Prof. Maybe you'd uh, like that. I actually did not think about it a lot. I was hoping you would. Oh, I got it then. That's fine. Here we go. Lucas, bring up that top 30 list that we had again. Whack that in the middle of the screen for a second here. And what we're going to do is there's three of us. So we're all going to pick a team. And we're all... Uh, now, in terms of the top three changes we'd want to do right now, let's have a look at all the teams in the top 30. As you just said before, the top 30 is looking pretty threatening for a lot of the names. But probably teams within the top 10... Uh, at the moment are, are teams who I'd be looking at um, who are ones that are either on the decline or have been wobbling a little bit, right? So, uh, Lucas, can you bring that list up for us? So, like, Thank uh, you. I think we can do, like, one or maybe even two changes in one team if we want. Okay. And just Let's... do, like, whatever while it's, like, vaguely realistic. We don't really have to think about all of the buyout situation, who signed a new contract or whatever. Just, like, let's go, like, theory theory crafting completely okay. a player that would fit in in some like meaningful way i could go crazy navi get rid of flamey boomich and perfecto <laughs> and add three good players well, who would those be? they are i haven't thought about that no, I'm, I'm trying to fill some time here while we think of some genuine options here Look, uh, I, okay. I already thought of one right which is Him not in. necessarily the third well the contact one okay with alex because i think that just makes so much sense what about, well, I don't know if, uh, let's put it down. Let's jot it down. Let's get it on our, our magical list here because we, obviously we want to do top three, right? So We, we can throw some... in ideas until we figure out like what yeah, we sure. want. So don't be shy with that. Um, I think like, honestly, though, with the Navi roster, I think they should make some changes. I, I, I really do. I, I, I think Flamey should probably go. Um, I, don't, I don't particularly think Perfecto's done anything of worth but if he can take flamey's anchoring positions um on bomb sites he was good at anchoring bomb sites before i don't like the overlap between those two so if we were to do one get flamey out of there and if i had to bring in somebody 
Um, I like was... how quickly you gave up on Navi, by the way. Just like two yeah. months ago, you were yeah, fuck so up. fucking banging on that fuck door. Up. Like they look, they've looked shit. Like I, I don't normally say that about teams, but Navi, like, like I fucking, I love Simple and I love Electronic. In my opinion, those two guys are super sick. Like I, I think as a, as a duo, I would have a hard time right now saying they're like the best duo. I couldn't say that anymore. I don't think, but. Those two guys, like just watching them play and some of the stuff they do, it is so insane. But the form that Navi have been putting down as a team, it's like they're not even practicing. They're losing to like domestic opponents and shit. I, I, I didn't know. I know there's a big change between online and land. I keep saying that, but it can't be that big. It can't be like that big of a change. I think that Mir, SDY, those kind of names, like they seem. I'm like, young. I do think he has like been. For, for quite a long time, like next on the list of like CIS players who would make the step up. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty I'd sure like Navi him. also considered them when they were considering yeah, Buster yeah. as well. Not Buster, I mean, a kicker. Uh, and that was before Guardian stepped in, I guess, something like that. So, yeah, was it after, I guess, before, and then they magically decided to pick up Guardian, which no one. Thought maybe. was gonna be a thing. Maybe um, that was pretty. Wild. And Mirror Mirrors has stepped up like his game now in spirit, so he is now maybe becoming an option as well. That is also a player that had like he was a star player, then turned to like complete shit and was absent for like since 2017. Yeah, but he got put on now. Gambit, man. Like you're talking about Mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. there was yeah, nothing okay. happening for him on Gambit. Like that Gambit roster was. Like you could just see that those guys they needed, they needed to. They needed a lot. to be disbanded. <laughs> yeah, like those guys. Unfortunately, you, like they just won the major and shit. They had other priorities, other shit on their mind. Like unfortunately, that's just the way that it went for a lot of those players. I felt. Um, I liked my EG Liquid merge. I don't know, like that was that was a bit of a joke, but I think like you could make a good team out of those two. If you were to be serious, I don't know if any anyone here that I can think of that wouldn't ruin another team though. Like I'm looking at all these different you don't like have to vitality. Think about the other team. Just think about one team that needs to up or fuck the other team. Okay. The other team doesn't matter. Like vitality. Well, I mean, of... we were already talking about liquid minus nitro plus Cirque, which I think also makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's let's do if that. We have let's write that down. Yeah, that's that's an easy change. Minus yeah, nitro I think it's cool. just I think it's actually very likely to happen down the line at some point. Unless they pick up like another opera, which I'm not sure who they who they get at this point. Like there's anybody else who was. Yeah, I guess that'd be an option, but I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. So it's just said. I just want to quickly get this. Someone says SDFU Sponge. I remember very well. You said it could work with Guardian, and you're excited. I was. I was very excited, and it didn't work. But I was. He was excited for the, for the new lineup as well. I was excited for the new lineup too. <laughs> he was excited about every excited. Navi. Lineup. I really get excited about Navi. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Um, so that's what I told you, by the way, at the time. It's like every single time Navi just excites somebody, I just expect it's not going to lead anywhere. It's been yeah, that so for sad. such a long time. It's just so sad. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a potential one. Uh, vitality. Oh, that's where I was going to go. Okay. Who are minus, you uh, minus probably Misuta, just because oh, I don't know. Okay. What he's, I don't know really? what's, the, what's the point. Or maybe you go minus RPK. Because you can't what? remove Apex at this moment. Why not? Why not? Because he's in game leading. So? Who do you oh, get Okay, so who's your who's your replacement? My replacement is Maka. Oh, okay. And get get Zaiwu on the rifles. Okay. Yeah, I I'm not I, I don't, don't like it. this. I don't, I don't like this it. because 
I was not a fan of simple going to the artillery rifle as well. I just, I saw the logic there. I understand, but it's, the op is just such a fucking strong weapon in the hands of somebody like a simple and Zaiwu that I just wouldn't want to have those two players be on like a, on a, on a subpar weapon. I don't think there's a way they can be just as impactful without but, but an op. But the thing is it. like the, the whole community was, let's say split on this idea. Should simple be oping or not? But now that we saw it happen, we are we all gonna say it's shit just because Navi was shit because Guardian was no, no, absolutely no. I bad. The same thing before as well. But when you look at this, like simple stats as rifler, they weren't that. This wasn't a big difference. And then when you have to think about is for the team that the guy that is opping is gonna have better stats because he's more set up. But that is maybe the issue. What if, what is Zaiwu gonna be without? The flashes of of the of the French <laughs> roster, right? But I think he has enough skill to to pull it off, and he was not always meant to be a primary opera anyway. So I think, I mean, simple and, wasn't and either, but he just like Maka is the best promising talent in France in France right now that can be picked up. Yeah, I mean, as a as a as a general improvement of the team, I can I can see that. I just yeah, I not because of simple and how it didn't work out. I just think the op has been shown as the strongest weapon in the game and having it in the hands of the best player on the team makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been I, that for I, such a long time in CSGO that I don't think it just makes makes so much sense. I th for me I think we're we're in like a swing right now like I think we're swinging back into more structured Counter-Strike a little bit like there was a brawly period for a while there. I think we're swinging back into more structured CS. So, I don't know when when it was Guardian and Simple, and Guardian was going to do primary orping, which meant Simple could be more flexible. I just envisioned a lot of double CT sided orping setups actually working, not like MIBR's ones, which don't work, but ones that could actually work. And then I, I thought that Simple, as a player, he doesn't need the orp, right? I I'm kind of in Prof's camp. I don't think that he needs the orp. I think he's good with everything and i think he could be more impactful when he's involved in rounds i think that it's great hearing from him yeah i like this role because i can help everybody and every i don't want simple helping everybody i want simple in a position that no one can enter i want simple holding a part of the map where if they come to him they cannot come in it's knock knock no you're going away i don't want any of your fucking i don't want to buy your telephone book or your shitty laptop or your fucking knives simple's there to tell you to fuck off right Whereas on the AWP, he has to play sometimes more of a rotator role or something that can't be as impactful on certain maps. And I guess this conversation we're having more about Zywe, right? But the I thing is, they, the, he Zywe. always found ways to use it, whether it was in a bad situation or not. Like he was capable. That's the thing. He kind of broke the AWP simple yeah. because he You're just right. was able to use it in situations where normally any well, other we're talking would about not Zywe, use it. So well, that's the kind of, I think he's the same thing. I think it's very similar between those two skill-wise because Zywe could also like, maybe not as not to such an extreme degree, but Zywe also has the same kind of an apt, um, uh, what do you call it, um, ability aptitude. to, yeah, there you go, um, for just like finding his way out of like ridiculous situations with the yeah. op. And I'm not entirely sure that he would be able to do the same thing with a with a gun that it's not, that is not as, I guess, reliable uh, as the op, where it's just literally one shot, one kill, where it's a lot about movement and how you like work around, like finding a, individual duels and stuff like that. Like if you go with an AK against an Alp who's holding an angle, you're probably going to lose 
Like it doesn't matter if if you're the best player in the world. Like if he has an angle on you and knows that you're coming, you're probably going to just that duel. Just headshot. But if you go up to an op, it's much more 50-50. And if you're the better opper, you might win just because you're peaking him, right? So it's just um, like from those kind of perspectives, I just feel like those people should just stay on the op because we don't have to weapon. talk about this for 10 minutes. You can True. just say my idea. True. We, we can move on. I, 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 I agree with like the whole thing because just because Vitality definitely need like some sort of change and having I can I could see it like working out in the end and working better than this team anyway. So I I could get behind it at least. I would want to get rid of players from Vitality too, but I'd probably want to get rid of Apex and Shock. Yep, that's what I was thinking. That's why I, I was thinking it. not Masuta, not RPK. Masuta might as well too. It's just like could be three players, but I just don't know who the replacements would be. I want to see more from Masuta. I he's not he hasn't had a fair chance. Like, yeah, that's fair enough honest, for me. As a as a rookie, he's been put into a team that was fucked. It's not like this yep. this Bemis kid who's coming in. Um, and he has an opportunity to play in a team. He has a team who's had a new in-game leader. They don't lost their identity. Everything's kind of fucked in that regard. If you were to take anybody from from Heretics and you wanted to maybe have a little bit of experience there, like Keo, uh, I think you could, actually you could you could do a uh, plus lucky as well for the in-game, in-game leader. leader. Yeah, yeah. But I I would like if I was to take a risk, then I would probably get lucky in Nevera, right? Because I think Nevera is another one of these rookies. You may as well go young with the team. Zywoo's legit. RPK, he's always good for his numbers. You may as well take a massive risk and see if you can can actually have a young team. Whereas I think if you went Keo and Lucky, uh, then you're putting a lot of eggs in the basket. The Zywoo and Masuda are going to be your two main stars, right? Like, I don't know. Are we are we ready to do that? I, I don't know. Like... I don't know if we're going to come up with three easy roster changes here, boys. Yeah. Uh, what What do you want me to write down, though? Navi, legitimately, let's let's get rid of Flamey and put someone in there. Um, who can we put in there instead of Flamey? Fuck. One of these players that tried to get already but couldn't. <laughs> well, like Sunday. Uh, I have Sponge. How do uh, Brits and Australians get along? What do you mean? We have you have like pretty much the same culture, don't you? Uh, like generally, how yeah, we, we, we the banter is the same. The way that we we talk is is very similar. You'd think an Alex to Hundred Thieves. No. Okay, Smuya. No. What the fuck are you talking about then? Mantu to Hundred Thieves. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Um. Yeah. Mantu is Polish, obviously. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 he's British. Bro. I know. He's, he's definitely British. Um. Yeah. I don't hate it. I, d- I don't hate it. Instead of grad, I assume. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's not. It's that's not a bad one, really. Like, it, he's more consistent than grad. How I, how fucking unbelievable is it that Mantua is, by the way, the best player in that team? It it's is. Uh, it is pretty unbelievable. Because they don't. It's not like he's massively set up in that team either. It's not like the same kind of situation that you see in like a Vitality, where it's obvious that they're putting a lot of. Um, faith in him and stuff it's just he's actually good oh i've got one i've got one i've got one write this one down i like this one okay Are you ready i hope everyone's sitting down replace alu with otto and replace x7 with zen boom done close it down lock it up uh so no yampi no not nothing about this well, whole six he's man thing banned, so or sure. apparently he's back banned yeah. so he doesn't come into my conversation of counter-strike unfortunately sure. poor guy but that's just the way it is 
let's let's i know a lot of people aren't fans right you're all not fans you're not fans because you're like why remove alu why do you think alexi b went in the first place you motherfuckers why do you why'd you all get so mad at ents why do you think he he was kicked because of alu that's why so let's get i'm not 100 percent sure about that no i'm not but I'm we'll obviously have to wait for like two more years until people start talking about that sure. publicly it's like been the that's yeah. the limitations because Sunny's in game leading over there anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Just like Sunny, sure. just leave him there. He can fucking do whatever he needs. I, I don't. I, people, are, people are a bit like confused, right? Like I think in that team, Sunny, by taking the in-game leadership role, has has uh, like stifled a lot of his star power. So it has to be Sergey. I think that like Otto is is pretty good, um, and I think that Zen is pretty good. I, Zen's old though. That's a bit of a problem right there. But we're trying to come up with roster changes here, so there's there's one. But let's add someone to Navi. Who would you guys replace Flamey with? Mia, your kinder. Purely, purely numbers wise, probably. So actually, I haven't I haven't seen Sunday in a while. But like, if we were talking like late last year, I would have probably picked him. Uh, what about Guardi? What if to. we replace replace Flamey with Guardi? Fuck off! Don't do that. <laughs> Jerry to in-game lead or Sviat to in-game lead or... Jerry is not a bad bad shout mm -hmm. so that would be get rid of Boomich though I would I'd get rid of Boomich doesn't, need, doesn't he need to he wasn't even in the game leader in Wind Strike like Ooh. well actually he for was. a while he was but not yeah. not not at first what I'm saying he only yeah, he he only transition like an into it role yeah whatever. he's like the kind of crazy crazy guy who can just like go in and just like have simple right behind him trying to trade for him and like create him Do a, space he could be the semi sanji on navi <laughs> yeah as except just like better you know all right boys we've hit the two hour mark it's 1 a.m let's look at these let's pick the best ones we'll maybe go back into this at another point in time unfortunately i gotta get going i gotta pack okay, up the let's go what, what do you think yeah uh, what's the best one i think nitro to cirque is probably the yeah. one where you see the most I immediate agree. impact but they also still lack an in-game leader so that's always going to be a bit of a that problem mean we there. just assume that stewie is just going to take over and i i'm not totally opposed to it it's just like he has to be the, the next best person in that team, as we were talking about. So unless you want to actually swap him out for like an in-game leader too, I well, just both, don't see a... Uh, both the Orpa changes here. I think Nitro and Cirque and Grat and Mantu, like those two changes right there, like are the I biggest have a, I have a third op one, which I okay. didn't get to say. Uh, poison to phase as their fifth oh. instead of Beamus. Uh, I kind of like Brokey on the Orp. Yeah, I've kind of gotten used to it now, that idea. It's not that I hate Poison on the AWP. I think Poison's a great AWP. I just think that Brokey's like very serviceable within that team. I think he's okay as well. Like He could grow into being like an awesome AWPer. At the moment, Poison is a better AWPer than, than him. I, I agree. It's yeah. pretty, pretty clear. Poison, uh, I think, like I'm one of the best AWPers in the world right now. I'm incredibly sold on that. Do you but... want Nitro Cirque for the number one? You two agree? Yeah, I think so. I'd say okay. so. Nitro. Also, then, we're also missing the contact one, but it's like if you want to keep it to like top three yeah, teams, yeah. I don't care. Oh yeah, okay. the Alex situation. Because I think that's like also like the most that that's very likely to happen, honestly. Or maybe maybe not likely, but it's just like could easily happen tomorrow if and we wouldn't be surprised. Well, that's a good one. I think I I could I could put that in at number two. I like for bringing a team up that would help them a lot. Like the Navi stuff, like I'm overblowing it. Maybe when we get back to LAN or, or maybe in the next tournament, like in the DreamHack stuff, they'll start to look a little bit better. It's the same with the Ents stuff. Like 
you know, I'm reaching. Ansel have been looking better since Yampi's been on the team. X7's been, like, yeah, some of the games he's played have been better. So just, like, reaching right there. I, I think kind of like the Grat yeah. Mantle because of just 100 Thieves have obviously, I feel like they've all, they've reached their peak and nothing's nothing big is going to change um, in, the in like, a near future without, like, some lineup changes. I think that lineup has already reached whatever they were going to reach. So I think having a... A star opera in that team to help JKS with the load more consistently, I think would do them a world of good. But yeah, I, I like that for the third one for sure. I I agree. Like it also just goes with what you've been saying about like star operas yeah. and teams not having them. Like it's very rare. It's like hundred thieves are the other one, except which team? Well, like kind of. About? I guess well, uh, Fnatic. Ah, yeah. They have obviously they they have a good opera. It's just not a like not the star of the team, right? Yeah, that team's weird. It's That's, so strange. That, that, that guy just like fucking meta beaters. Like they, does they don't make they haven't made sense in any fucking era of the game at all. Like maybe apart from like the early early version. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've hit the end of the show. It's one oh five a.m. We've been going for over two hours now. This is episode twenty of HLTV confirmed. It's a bit of a somber end to this one. Uh, we'll try and get to a show next week I'm sure at some time DreamHack comes to a close maybe after the charity thing I don't know um, anyway thank you for tuning in thank you for watching HGTV Confirmed if you want to uh, get the audio of this you can head over to anchor.fm slash hltv uh we'll announce the next episode at sometime soon we'll maybe do another game changer episode uh and keep your questions coming guys i'm sure we'll get to around to a playtime where we'll get to answer them at some point so thank you for tuning in thank you for watching and uh we'll see you all next time goodbye <laughs>